So we did believe at that time that vaccines can prevent also transmission. And the data was also in that sense. So what we believe is that, you know, vaccines can prevent transmission perhaps shortly after administered, but not over a long period of time. And therefore, yes, we were surprised to discover at the end of the day that, no, the vaccines are not protecting us, they are not causing what we call sterilizing immunity. We know those signals from SARS-CoV-1. We've seen this in, in cat coronavirus vaccines where cats ended up with this horrible inflammation swelling of the stomach and about 30% of the cats died. So we know once you prime somebody with an antibody and that antibody is good, great. But if you prime them with an antibody that is not good, sit back and pull out the popcorn because we're going to be seeing something horrific happening immunologically to a population down the road. The honest answer is we don't know to what degree, but we do know the history of this, and history is one of the best teachers that we have. Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Monday, January 31st, 2022. Awesome. Outstanding way to start the show. I love being censored by everything that exists today. Welcome to the show, guys. Let me get this squared away because it seems that right out of the gate this is happening. I, I honestly want to find out whether this is StreamYard or not because I have no idea how this makes sense. This continues, but let me just throw this all the way down to the lowest resolution. Hey, that's fantastic. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry for that. This is what I always tell you. This is what it's going to look like. The more that we continue to focus in on the truth, we're going to continue to see little things that don't work properly or having high speed internet and having to go all the way down to 360p to make it actually function. You know, who knows? <laughs> but we don't care because all that does is make me more motivated to drive it harder. Now, the way that clip started is really important. Dr. Cole telling you about what we keep talking about. We keep discussing the idea of, in one regard, we talk about a lot of stuff on the show, but we talk about the idea of how not all, you know, how essentially if you're making antibodies for something that is not necessary to a high degree, especially with which is what, which, what, which is what they're trying to aim for, it's going to hurt you or it can at the very least. And that's what he's describing. This is, could be called antibody dependent enhancement if it gets to a certain point, or ultimately he's just making the point that if you're, pumping these into your body and you don't need them, it's a bad thing. And I'll show you yet again today that even the newly approved Moderna injection, which by the way, we're going to get into how they're playing the same game by saying, oh, but let's use the emergency ones first. As if we ever, we're still waiting on the community that apparently is not even in the United States. That was supposed to be there in November. So are we done with these yet? Or, you know, how's that working? It's, I think it's an obvious ploy. The point being is that they're still making these even the so-called approved ones, using the they're basing it on the original the original Wuhan coronavirus strain, which then all the variants and everything else that's happened they claim have, has come from. But if you're still making it on this thing, and they're all telling you this thing's mutated and it's all different, and we're making things on the fly right now because of how these don't work yet, get them though the first ones, and we're going to approve the ones based on the original thing that aren't working. That's why we're making new ones, but we're approving that right now. Like it doesn't even rationally make sense, especially since the last information we saw about Omicron 
in regard to Moderna specifically, showed that it was below 50%, like 30-something percent efficacy. That's relative risk reduction. That's meaningless. But under 50 is you're supposed to remove the emergency authorization. Didn't happen. They don't care. So it drops down to that, and then now they approve it? Yeah, because that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Now, we're going to go through this data today and show you why this is alarming. We're going to talk about remdesivir in a kind of similar light. We already briefly discussed uh, the we, the emergency authorization, the weird change in regard to infants. Somebody recently reached out to me again, so I wanted to kind of re-discuss that again in case the, I want to make sure everybody saw our previous discussion on this and how not only are they playing a game in regard to how remdesivir I mean, you call, the game is manipulating it the same way they are with the emergency authorization and playing it in a very interesting way to confuse people. But they're allowing this to be used on infants, even though it is very dangerous, including being proven so by the study from the New England Journal of Medicine that they're pointing to that literally shows 53% of people died who took it in this trial. That's very easy to look up and we'll show it to you today. And yet we're using this. It's the only one apparently we're allowed to use. But the point is they're playing a game with how it's either approved or not. Is it approved? Is it emergency authorized? I'm going to go through all this with you. And I'm promising you that this is a ploy. Same thing we saw with Pfizer. It's happening with Burna. It's happening with Remdesivir. And they're using this game of, and this is why I argue they've been continued from the beginning to pretend that emergency authorization and approval are just the same thing. They're just the same, two parts of the same thing. Don't even think about it. That's ridiculously false, and it's actually dangerous misinformation. And it's also, and you can look these up, the definitions on their own websites while they say that. But on top of that, they're conflating these things and going, you know, fully vaccinated and fully authorized, just meaningless terms that have no bearing in reality, which I'll show you yet again today. And that's why they've been doing this, I think, because they want you to think that. They want you to conflate the two things. So you end up just kind of going, whatever. They're, they're all saying it's all safe, and that's all we really need to listen to. That's what they hope you kind of devolve into. But we're going to start today with some more information on the Freedom Convoy, the Truckers for Freedom 2022, and, and, and how this is growing and growing around the world, as we recently talked about. But we're going to focus today not just on the fact that it's happening, and that is important, but simply that there's a, they're already going into what, they, what I felt and I believed, and they are, we're planning to do, which is the white supremacist, Republicans, January 6th, you know, everything, dumping it on. They're making stories up. Look, there's a flag in a corner over there that is representative of every single person in this massive convoy. Apparently, that's the intelligent reporting of the mainstream media. That's how this works, and we'll go through it. It's pretty alarming, but this is a ploy that's going to be leading into demonizing anybody who simply argues that we have a right to stand up against what the government wants, and that, that is how this gets reduced down. Right now, it's in the context of vaccines and mandates and, you know, Republicans and left. But at the end of the day, this is going to get boiled down to anybody that decides to take a stand against what the government says is right for you is going to be terrorist, white supremacist, or whatever the most extreme version of that moment's politics is what they want to frame it as. That's where this is going. And it's really important to think about. Now, we're also going to talk about uh, the risk in general and the way that the recent UK health security agents, or rather, excuse me, the, the UK report recently came out in regard to their investigation around the government gatherings. And you'll find, actually surprisingly, that they say they did it all and they're, it's a problem and they broke the rules. And how much you want to bet, literally nothing happens as they put people in prison and violently arrested people and ruined people's lives and destroyed people's businesses and then broke all those rules all themselves and didn't even care. And there's even allegations of drug use and of rampant alcohol use within these areas. I mean, it's ridiculous. These people are ridiculous. They are abusing everything because that's what they're 
I think that's what their job is. These are puppets, in my opinion. But we're also going to get into some studies around ivermectin, as we discussed. And this is the important part today. One, it, it's all of the the tie together between ivermectin, Moderna, uh, the Moderna approval, remdesivir, and how it's unbelievable, as I put in the title, mainstream media, ivermectin psychosis. Now, there's been a lot of people that have been on this discussion from way early in this, and rightly so. I was really resistant, not that I wasn't following it, but just to talk about it, because I even hate, even to this day, that I'm here not necessarily promoting, but in a positive light, like talking about big pharma drugs. It drives me crazy. But we're not talking about it to say, you should take this or that. We're talking about these things today because you should have the right to decide for yourself. That's what we're talking about. And then we're going to go into the data. If you want to use ivermectin, here's the data for it. And it does show that it's very efficacious in regard to exactly what they're pretending doesn't exist. And we're going to go into how they're trying to attack it. Even while there's been two studies, a new one today, or uh, I don't want to say today, the one I saw today from Japan, even Reuters is reporting it, saying they found that it works very well. In fact, the best they found against Omicron. And it's funny to me because we just went through this Twitter rampage of people attacking the one I talked about yesterday saying, you're so stupid. You don't understand what this study says. It's a preprint server, you stupid idiot. But look at the mainstream reporting on a preprint server that changes everything. <laughs> it's just so ridiculous where these people are. And then just steps right into this one. But we're also going to talk about the other ones that have shown this whole time that it actually is efficacious. And of course, we'll talk about some of the reports on how serious this is all getting and how they're lying to you about it and where it all really began and finishing off with something I think you'll find very interesting, at the very least intriguing, that I honestly has not much relation to the COVID discussion, but I just felt it was weird that it's happening now and that we should talk about. So after that long opening, let's get into the trucker convoy. And this is a really important topic, as you all know, for no other reason than it shows you that there's a lot, lot of people around the world, not just Canada, aren't okay with this. Now, why that doesn't matter to people is beyond me. It doesn't matter. This is the point about actually discussing freedom, right? The real concept. This is why it's also very clear and we should be very open about the fact that there's no choice on the table. There's no freedom and you can't remove every other choice and pretend like you're giving somebody a choice and then drive them aggressively into that choice with every other possible thing you can do. That's not freedom or choice. It's the illusion. And they know that. And even the people that are pretending it's choice know that. I mean, we're not, it's so reductive and simple. But when we're actually talking about freedom. The idea is that you have a right to make your own choices. You don't get to say they think this is right, so you have to, or they they or this is the safest thing, so you have to. Even if it is, if we're actually talking about freedom, you always have a choice. And the, but but the point is, you have to accept the consequences of those choices, not from the government. I mean, but just. What happens in life, the way people view you, the way people might react to you, you know, average people. But when it comes to a point that where a government is saying you have to take this action or we will do something to you, well, that's only supposed to be in the context of law, which is voted on by people that are actually supposed to be elected by constituents who they're embodying their will. But that's not how this works. And we all know that. I mean, it's just childish to pretend that that's how this works anymore with lobbyists and every other thing we know, influ which influences their decisions. So when we see this today in the framing, it's amazing to watch how they're framing people who are literally, whether or not they hold beliefs that we think are distasteful or not, or whatever they're saying, literally standing up for their freedom, and they're acting like they're the most disgusting people on the planet. If you've ever wanted a more clear picture about how they view your feeling about your rights, this is it. 
Now they're going to try to make this about the left and right and about terrorism and about Nazis and about whatever big buzz things they can throw in your face. But all it really comes down to is that these are people, the majority, standing up and it's time to join them. Now, I don't necessarily mean you have to get in a truck or a car and do a convoy. It just means it's time to stand up. Now, I'm also going to show you how they're trying to frame literally any other protest around this in even not even in the orbit of this, but just happening in the time frame as another freedom convoy. But there's no trucks and they're not really doing the same things, but they're protesting against mandates. So they're secretly right Republican Nazis. And I mean, it's devolved. I mean, this is the Russian dressing analogy of the trucker convoy discussion. It's just so stupid to pretend like anybody in this situation is bad. Here's what we're looking at. Just to kind of give you a quick rundown, if you can see this for the podcast, it's just a never ending stream. And now if we really want to get into the, what I feel is sort of like the way they want you to get into this conversation and and start arguing about whether it is or isn't this many, or it is trucks or it's not trucks. And That's the bottom level of this conversation. And they desperately want you to get into it because then you're going to get in this back and forth. Are they fringe? Are they not? Are they minority? Are they not? Are they, you know, and it's silly. I mean, for crying out loud, it's stupidly obvious how clearly big this is. There's so many trucks. And look, I'm pretty sure we can see all trucks right now, just if we really want to get into that. But of course, there's also cars and people in this convoy. And there are over a million people. And this is being reported even by mainstream that are coming out to support these people in Canada and elsewhere. And this is never ending. I mean, this is it's a it's crazy. Now, of course, the important part to recognize is they already tried to stop them. We'll get, well, I'll briefly point this out in a second, but you know, North Nova Scotia, which is on the border uh, between Nova Scotia and New Brunswick. And this is one of the main locations I think they're going to be driving through or, or going and not ending up driving through, I think, to make it accurate. But Canadians, correct me if I'm wrong. But the point is that they try to stop them, said, no, it's illegal. You can't block the street, but ask yourself this, any one of these trucks in the middle, how could you make an argument that they're blocking the street? What if you just said, hey, I was just driving down the road and I got caught in here. (laughs) It's not my fault. I can't back up. I can't go forward. How can you really blame them all for being there? You can't, even though it's clear they're, you know, they're part of it. Maybe if you guys didn't get that, the Russian dressing argument is like the idea that, you know, it was a joke, actually, I think put out by, by, I think it was Spicer, but just saying like, Jesus, he puts Russian dressing on his salad and you guys scream about Putin. I mean, that's really how stupid this has gotten, you know, and they were even that they were as subjective as arguments of the, excuse me, there were subjective arguments that were as ridiculous as that. Where they were basically going like he's driving a, you know, a certain kind of car, which is made in Russia. Like, I wonder if they got that from Putin. People really made those kind of arguments on mainstream media. And that's what this is becoming. So the point here is to see how many truckers are in line. This is just in a one part of Canada. It's Saskatchewan. Here's another one. This is Anna Bree sharing this. Now, I'm not I'm just going to play. I just want you to see the actual images. This is a person talking about how biggest revolution happening. And I, I do agree. I think this, this at the very least, has the potential to be the next yellow vest movement and might as well already be, right? Why don't we just say that and make that the case? But look at how, look, this is over, I mean, at the very least being reported by a lot of people. And you can clearly see just by a visual example that this is a lot, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people. And I'm not talking just for this one location, but this, in addition to all the other places you can look at, look at how far that goes. I mean, it's, what's really insulting is they're actually still trying to pretend that this is some small little thing. Everybody agrees except these few 45 people in trucks that are pretending fringe and crazy. Like, it's just, that's how insulting it all is. And that's why I think even people on their side are like, geez, guys, like, at least try to look like you're not ridiculous. 
as they still pretend they're on that side, right? But here's what Justin Trudeau had to say about it. And this is what's interesting to me. This is where it gets into how they're framing this. This is why we're talking about being on guard and being careful about what's around them because they're already trying to pretend that one flag that somebody saw is somehow representative of literally every person there. You know, I mean, even like, let's even, let's pretend that there was flags everywhere. You still can't pretend that that's representative of every single person. I mean, that is racism. Right. They don't like to say that today because they want to pretend it's as the ADL now changed it into only institutions that suppress minorities that are led by white people. That's it. <laughs> which, by the way, is actually racist under the old definition on the ADL, which is hilarious to me, but not anymore because we changed it. Right. But what? Th- th- so now they're looking at them and going, look at this. They're saying this and they're doing that. Oh, th- oh, that's show me. Like, what's funny? This is coming from Justin Trudeau on the front porch of somewhere, whereas he apparently got sick from COVID and r- didn't though, and and was okay though. But I got sick. But then we ran away two days early, but we weren't supposed to because we're in quarantine. <laughs> yeah, you're lying, and you got caught, bud. You were making it up because you're using COVID like you use it for everything else to hide from people, and then you ran away again because you th- they told you you were in a threat. I don't even know. But the point is, he literally broke his own quarantine. It's, it's silly how these people are breaking their own rules and using things. They're all just a bunch of deceivers. That's what they are. But he says he accuses the trucker convoy crowd of hateful rhetoric and violence towards citizens. And of course, he rather prefers to attend BML protests. Right. You know, the ones that were also blocking roads intentionally all over the place that you guys promoted and and said were good things because it's fighting for, you know, everything you said was good, except now it's the same situation, but it's unacceptable terrorism. Yeah, exactly. It's just blatant hypocrisy because they don't like what they're standing up for, right? So it's subjective is what they're telling you. If you stand up for a cause we think is is just, well, we'll pretend that's okay then. But if you stand up for a cause that we don't think is just, whether or not it is, you can't do it. Bad guy. This is foreign policy inverted. That's exactly what they're doing. You are the bad guy today. That's always really been how this is going to go. But what hateful rhetoric exactly, right? You know, you know, give us examples. Nah, we'll just frame it however we want. So hateful rhetoric today, today could literally be, you know, we think, and it, you know, that you guys forcing this on this, you guys forcing these mandates on us are Nazis. You guys forcing this on us are authoritarians. You guys are deceivers, like I just said. That's hateful rhetoric to them. They're framing themselves like, like protected classes. Same with the media. Now, one step further. Are there people out there that are screaming things that are distasteful and gross and racist? Why not? There's a zillion people out there. And does that mean that one person who says that represents everybody? You get the point. This is ridiculous. Now, you want to show me a picture of the entire crowd chanting entire racist things, which, by the way, wouldn't still represent every other group around the world. It's it, that, That's a different story. But this is him lying to you because he is right now, of all people, the most desperate to make this a certain way. Uh, Counter Signal has been doing a great job on covering a lot of this. Even Danny Rancourt, uh, Viva Frey, I just saw him out there filming. You know, there's a lot of these local people that are really covering a lot of this, and they're afraid of those people. I've attended protests and rallies in the past uh, when I agreed with the goals, when I supported the people uh, expressing their concerns. and their... Isn't, I mean, think about how very clear that is. He literally just said, because, so it's subjective. I supported them, therefore that one is okay. Right. So you don't support these people so that they don't have a right to stand up for their rights because you don't agree with them. Apparently so. This is just the reality of the world, guys, revealing itself. This is not it's not a new thing. This is how they've always felt and always acted. 
You're just now seeing it starkly because of COVID-19 and because of all of this. That's the important way to look at this. So don't be shocked and taken back and feel defeated. We're fighting back and it's changing in our direction. And that's why it's being exposed. It's a positive. I'm telling you. Issues. Black Lives Matter is an excellent example of that. But I have also chosen to not go anywhere near protests that have expressed hateful rhetoric, violence towards fellow citizens, uh, and a disrespect, uh, not just of science, but of uh, the frontline health workers. And Oh, and so now the crossover to COVID, you see. Now, can you not hear the dripping hypocrisy when he's talking about, you know, attacking people or violence or yeah because that's never happened in black lives matter protests right it's never happened in any of the other protests that they've supported like burning entire buildings down or destroying statues or attacking police and you know because that never happened right justin these guys are ridiculous i mean absolutely they are recreating reality but they've always done that again my point is the same it's always been this way we're just seeing it and it's a really embarrassing way like even him standing there he's going like dang it like this is very, very clear. He fe- That's why he's hiding, because this is very, very, very clear. Violence towards fellow citizens yep. uh, and a disrespect, uh, not just of science, but of uh, the frontline health workers and, quite frankly, the 90% of truckers who have been doing the right thing to keep Canadians safe. Yeah, and how many of them have been forced into it? Yeah, we'll just, we don't care about that part of it, though. They're automatically on our side once we jam that in their arm while we're holding them down. It's their choice, though, right? We told them they had to or they would take their kids away. Or we said we, they had to or they wouldn't have their truck anymore. They had to or we're going to destroy their business or we're going to do a thousand other things. And then they did it. Hey, they're on our side now. Look at that. 90%. Look at that. This is the illusion that they live by. Lies, Right? Disrespect for science, huh? Every single person in that gigantic crowd, did you personally interview every one of them, Justin? All the many doctors and scientists that are there who openly support vaccines and wear masks, except they just don't believe in mandates. Are they all anti-science? You utter fool, right? I mean, these guys are absolute liars. He knows that. To put food on our tables. Uh, Canadians know where I stand. This is a moment for responsible leaders to think carefully about where they stand. Exactly. You should think long and hard whether or not you're going to support the people that support you, the people that voted you into power, or if you're going to support the elitist technocrats that are running everything right now. That's a big choice that you should make, and that's the one thing I do agree with Justin on, except he's thinking it a different way. Now, here is where this begins to devolve into a really interesting, I mean, now, it's not like Morning Joe and Mika CIA over here are really, you know, intelligent con- converse. Like their their dialogue is is bottom barrel for usually aiming at the lowest common denominator. That's that's how this usually goes, and you'll see that in this commentary. But they not only call this a cult, but they are embarrassingly hypocritical about what they think is bad about this. Again, it's the same argument. How can you pretend that it's good? when they burn things down and attack people and cause violence and all these things when it's a topic you agree with and then pretend like it's bad. You know, it's it's just silly. It really is. But here, in case you don't remember, Mika here is the daughter of Zbigniew Brzezinski, you know, a key player in the 70s, you know, right around, he, he's somebody who was, I think his heyday was around the 70s, 80s, I think, if I'm correct, I'm trying to think about the main period, maybe 60s, 70s. I'm trying to, that's crazy. Anyway, the point is, he is a key player 
in regard to foreign policy and the United States government in regard to, he's one of the ones I think most prominently open stated that Afghanistan was the starting point for this whole agenda. And what do you know? That's where it all began, right? Now, of course, his daughter is in the news and sort of how we see other people in the news and other people that have connections to, you know, classic players, a lot of them, even in the independent media, by the way, who have people that, you know, used to work for the Clintons and so on and so on. But let's listen to this and see how ridiculous this all gets. Ah, you're kidding me. Let's see if it's loud. I'm so mad at myself. I swear I downloaded this. The capital of Canada to a standstill. Dozens of trucks and other vehicles could be seen blocking the downtown area of Ottawa as protesters rallied against vaccine mandates, masks, and lockdowns. That seems uh, like an interesting way to spend your weekend. (laughs) Right, right. So just right out of the gate, just like, that seems like an interesting way to spend your weekend. What, protesting for something you believe in? Right, that doesn't make sense to you? Oh, only because you just disagree with why they're doing it. Right. So that is wildly subjective and ignorant. Demonstrations were initially aimed at pushback against vaccine mandates for truck drivers crossing the U.S.-Canada border. But the movement escalated into an expression of disapproval with the Canadian government's COVID-19 policies. Look at how look at how big that is. That's unbelievably gigantic. Right. And note, note now they're no longer trying to pretend it's like a fringe small grouping of people. Canadian government's COVID-19 policies. Officials say several investigations are underway into reports of severe vandalism and criminal behavior, including the desecration of national monuments. (laughs) You have got to be kidding me. I just can't even believe that. Like, do they not even recognize their own hypocrisy? Or is it more likely they're just being told to say these things and have no choice in it? I I mean, uh, somebody's saying was 60s till he died. Uh, oh, got it. Perfect. The time frame. Thank you. So, yeah, I would say 70s was kind of the... Anyway, the point is, think about what they just said. Not only are, are these investigations into, what, claims of things that, it, like, wh- how do you, how are you going to argue you can even, argue, doesn't, that's, that's fine. Investigation into things that happened along the way while people were in a convoy. But you could no way argue that there, there's these massive crowds of people alongside this. There could be any number of people that are there, part of other groups or part of other things, or I don't know, part of the government, part of the, you know, kind of thing that's always going on, the agent provocateurs, which we get caught every time, except the normies out there make, think, make that out to be some silly fake news conspiracy theory, like everything else they don't want to look at. Yeah, that's obviously a weird way. To, but the point is, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, anybody else, where are all the investigations into the massive and obvious and in-your-face violence that was taking place every time there was one of these protests? I don't see those investigations going on, but there's 14 investigations underway after days of the... It's just so obvious that this is a massive rolling agenda. Then, how stupid is it that they're going to actually say they're defacing monuments? How terrible these people are. You mean like the many different monuments that the Black Lives Matter has already pulled down in an overt act of criminality? It doesn't matter whether you agree with it. It's a crime. The local government that put it up doesn't want, I mean, you could argue some of them were taken down with the allowance of the government, but plenty of them were defaced, removed, attacked, pulled out with cars. Where's all the investigation for that? But of course, they don't care about that because they agree with that side, which shows you yet again for the thousandth time, they're subjective hypocrites that apply what they like about the politics they want. It has nothing to do with what's right, legal, any of it. And they don't even care about saying something so wildly hypocritical. 
Meanwhile, Ottawa Mayor Jim Watson said some protesters harassed a soup kitchen, demanding free meals because their refusal to wear masks meant they were not uh, to order in restaurants. Okay, so let's be let's be clear about this first of all. There's nothing other than what they're stating to you based on scrapings of a Reuters article. Now, do we know that these people were rude? No, we don't know anything about it. They could have been rude. They could have been doing everything she said. Now, that means nothing in the context of what this is. Just because it's a massive protest for fighting for what I think are the right reasons doesn't mean that there's not terrible people there that have no manners or that don't care about anything or they're just there to party or on and on and on. There's a zillion other reasons they could be there for. Just happen to be there one day and decide to go along with it. Doesn't mean, I mean, you see how ridiculous it is that they try to reduce one guy did this in one store. Therefore, they're all crazy bad people. Right. And of course, it's not one thing. They're making up all sorts of arguments, but it's just as simplistic and subjective and we used to argue broad brushing things were ig- was ignorance, <laughs> but not today, even, even though it still is. But then also ask yourself, maybe they just walked in there and we're going, you can't make me wear a mask. I'm not going to wear a mask. That's, a, that's wrong. And you can't make me. Now, maybe they didn't do anything more than that. Maybe they just stood there and said, I'm not going to leave. You need to serve me. And then they got served, which is what happened. And then they got all stuffy and upset about it because they gave in and they, they were mad. They wouldn't wear masks in my store. We've seen this everywhere. That gets framed as violence by people like that. Because your stance of not putting a mask on put them at risk, they feel. Therefore, that risk is possibly me dying. Therefore, you're violently doing this right now. We've already seen them do this. Now, do I know that happened there? No. But we know that does happen. My point simply is to continue to show you how willfully they will misrepresent these things in the way that works for their narrative. Just like every other part of this. This is the whole story. That soup kitchen tweeted COVID protesters were given meals to defuse the conflict. Yep. See, they gave them the meals. So good for them, especially if they weren't, I mean, I, if they were violent, I, I disagree. I, violence is never something I support. Something tells me that wasn't the case, though, because if they were actually violent, you know, that would have been the first thing they were talking about in their tweets. And that this weekend's events have caused significant strain on our operations at an already difficult so, time. So these anti- okay, before they get into their, see, now, now they, they fall into their, oh, these people are so dumb. And it go, they get the, the, the teleprompter stops, and then it gets real stupid when they start giving their actual opinions. But here's what it says. This is their tweets. Hi, everyone. Thanks for bringing this to our attention. Earlier today, our staff and volunteers experienced harassment. That's it. Harassment from the protesters seeking meals from our soup kitchen. They were given meals to defuse the conflict. Are you really going to pretend that these people who are obviously on a political side, which is really dug in right now, would serve these people if they were actually, I mean, even actually harassing, like if they were in there screaming vert names at them and doing bad things, they would just give them food. Come on. That's ridiculous. They would dig their feet in and call the police. That's what they would do. This is them with no masks, in my opinion, taking a stand. And they feed, they gave them food and they probably bothered them. And then it goes, management was then informed of the issue and no further meals were given to protesters. That doesn't sound like a violent altercation. It sounds like a choice. Our soup kitchen is committed to providing meals to people experiencing it. And then they go on to argue, you'll hear them next, that by taking two meals, or let's just say, let's just say it's harassment from protesters seeking meals, we, the individuals. So what you could argue, that, that's a small number, obviously. Let's just say it's 10 people. Listen to what they say next. At an already difficult so, so these anti-vaxxers actually took food from... Oh, and already, so they're all anti-vaxxers. Every single one of them, even though most of them are actually outspoken about how they support these things, they just don't support the mandate. But go ahead and reduce it down like a child. But hear what they say next. The mouths of the homeless. Hungry, yeah. Difficult. So, so these anti-vaxxers actually took food from the mouths of the homeless. 
how can you possibly and honestly frame it like that? So there, so every meal you take from them is suddenly pulling it out of the mouth of a homeless person. You realize how this is sickening to me. And just again, just to make this the last time, please recognize, especially for those new, this is how they've always been. Always. And if you're finally beginning to see how cartoonish these people are, it's because you're finally seeing through it all. And that what that is, is a two-party illusion. Maybe you don't realize that yet, but if you're seeing it, at least even on one side, you're beginning to see the two-party illusion. I mean, it's just comical to watch how ridiculous these people are. Hungry, yeah. Because they're, 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 they're so put upon. Because yeah. They have a I'm just curious. Again. And then here's this point here that, oh, 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 they're so put out, right? Oh, they're so put out by what? Having their business destroyed? Having their lives completely upended? Having everything they know ever changed, having been forced to wear something on their faces they don't want to wear or they're going to go to jail or losing their jobs if they don't take a, an experimental medical injection or on and on. Yeah. Oh, that's nothing at all, is it? Meanwhile, the other side of them are doing everything they're told, being suffering for it and really not anything else. So who exactly is the one? I mean, every single part of this is being aimed at making the lives harder for the people not taking the injection. They're openly saying that. But then when it suits them going, oh, they're so put out. Yeah, because your whole policy is to put them out. Like, you see what I mean? I mean, it just gets absurd. I would love to sit face to face with one of these people and just why? I find it impossible that they can actually even string good thoughts together with this kind of garbage, unless this is what they're being told to say. Yeah. Where were these protests when people were required to take and get five vaccines to start school. Where were they? Oh, you mean the injections that were not even remotely the same thing that aren't actually experimental, unapproved medical gene therapy injections? Right? They disagree with all this stuff, but it's very, very valid and provable. I mean, even Merck themselves came out and called this gene therapy and argued, wow, I can't believe everybody's doing this. You would have said we were doing gene therapy, the, these, these current COVID shots being gene therapy. All right, he says it all. But of course, it's fake news, sort of how cloth masks work, and now they don't. It's weird how that shifts because they just say so. It's pretty ridiculous. He's talking about injections from before, by the way, which weren't forced upon an entire population or they lost their jobs. Morning Joe here knows that, and he's being dishonest. Or he doesn't, and he's really stupid. Your choice. But yeah, let's pretend like being okay with shots being given to children is the same thing as forcing an entire population to take them or they can't exist in the society. But yeah, they're so dumb. God, it just it's amazing to me these people are even allowed on the air. And it's not just these two. People are required to take and get five vaccines to start school. Where were these? Oh, and by the way, they were all over the place too. <laughs> That's the other dumb part. They protested like crazy. I was part of some of those. But they just want to pretend like it doesn't exist because it works for their narrative. Protests. When people were required to give their children five vaccines. They were in the doctor's office getting vaccines. They were in the doctor's Oh, were they? I'm sure they did all the research and made sure that was accurate, right? office getting vaccinated. They were making fun of left-wingers on the West Coast for being loopy anti-vaxxers. What? I mean, seriously? So now, now they're literally inverting this and saying before it was only the left that was anti-vax? And now they're making, they were making fun of them for doing it. And that what the Republicans were pushing injections. That doesn't even make sense to me. It was always kind of all over the map. And yeah, there was some differences there, but it was not even the same conversation. And the idea that it now flipped on them. And so now, well, here, let him finish. 
Now they have met the enemy, and the enemy, their enemy, is themselves, because yes. they've become what they hated. They've become what they mocked, and now they're taking food from soup kitchens because they're so put upon for being asked to do what they've been asked to do, required to do, their entire lives. Coming it's up. a cult. <laughs> right. Now, he almost accidentally said that they were the enemy, right? Because that's how they do see it. But he, oh, wait a minute. I can't overtly say they're the enemy because that makes, right? But let me just play this last part again. This is actually pretty intense what he's saying here. I'm just curious, again, where were these protests when people were required to take and get five vaccines to start school? Where were these protests? Vaccines. They were in the doctor's Before office getting they, vaccines. They were in the doctor's office getting vaccinated. They were making fun of left wingers on the West Coast for being loopy anti-vaxxers. Okay. Now they have met the enemy, and the enemy, their enemy, is themselves because yes. they've become what they hated. They've become what they mocked, and now. They're- so they're so they're actually arguing that they they whoever the entire convoy apparently because that's really intelligent to frame it like that are all their own best enemy because they all moments ago were making fun of all of the Democrats who were all anti-vaxxers and now all of them are the other way, right? Think about how intelligent that argument is. All of them, every single one of them, and are all a cult. Because they're standing up for their rights. Because they want to frame them this way. And by the way, that's a false argument in and of itself. To pretend like they had the right, they were on the right. And by, almost notice how what they're arguing or trying to argue is sort of being anti-vax before was like good. And now it's not for some reason. Like there's just everything all over the place there. It doesn't matter. Just like every other part of this. And of course their real push at the end is just to simply laugh at them. And make it, oh, they're just so dumb. And let's all revel in how bad they are and how disgusting. And I mean, it's it's disgusting. They're taking food from soup kitchens because they're so put upon. Because they're so put upon, even though that's not even a valid statement. This is gross. It is really gross. But this is the evolution of, or the de-evolution of mainstream media, corporate media. Now, they have already in Nova Scotia, Created a situation where they've made it illegal to simply exist out in this situation. You can't, you can't be on the street supporting them. You can't fund them from your own home. You can't drive a car and be in the street while they're there too. Apparently that's all against the law now, which all it does is give them the beginning stages of creating, you know, illegal situation. Oh, but by the way, this isn't a law. It's just an order that's actually been put forward using the emergency management, the emergency management act of 2020, the same thing that Trump did. Right. This is using COVID emergency, which is not even really not even an emergency to argue that they're going to stop people from being in the street, which has nothing to do with it. There is your example of emergency powers like Patriot Act never going away and being just arbitrarily applied to whatever they want going forward. It's never going to go away. It's always going to be there. And this is how it's going to be applied, however they see fit. And don't forget my point the same was. They did this because you can't block the streets because that's terrible and evil and terrorist, except we all supported it back when they were doing it anywhere else. Why highways have become the center of civil rights protests, says the Washington Post. And you guys all saw this the other day. Same thing. Why why do they do that? Because it's the point, the inconvenience, and we should all stand behind them. The Black Lives Matter groups, they're blocking all the roads and they're fighting for you. And now we are wild hypocrites and saying the opposite. But here's how this spins into creating what we've told you is going to happen. And somebody, I'm glad somebody shared this with me. This, I, remember, we yesterday we said this. 
A lot of people were talking about the flag, but how it was going to be plucked out and used in a massive way. And there it is. Swastikas displayed at Canadian Freedom Convoy protests against vaccination mandates. Now, why is that even a reportable concept? Right? Because they won, which is what it was, one flag, which by the way, the moment that it was seen, everybody swarmed it and said, where'd you come from? Why are you showing that? Because it wasn't what they believed in. But of course, that nuance, that not even nuance, that fact part of the story, the story was completely left out. Here's what they say. Thousands of people protested against the government's vaccine mandates, comparing them to fascism. Swastikas also appeared. Oh, swastikas. So not even in the article, in the secondary in the subheading they already get factually incorrect one do your due diligence and find out for yourself and of course they're comparing them to fascism because they're fascism fish fascists <laughs> they're fascist authoritarian that's what this is right now it's a technocratic authoritarianism of course this is what the you know it's coming from the jerusalem post israel's government is really afraid of this kind's concept right because they are literally the most fascist government on the planet right now of course that's bad for you to say because that becomes somehow anti-semitic how does that make sense of course that's how they frame it just like everything else they're doing because all i'm talking about their government and what they're doing is fascist but because you can be like are you suggesting that we're nazis that therefore suggesting that oh, you said no i didn't you just assumed in 35 ways that I meant what you thought I meant. That's what everyone's doing on the mainstream media today. That's how, by the way, if you remember, they framed this in the 9-11 hearing they had that Whitney and I talked about in the beginning of all this. They were very clear about the fact that, look, these people aren't breaking laws, but they're, they've, they found a way to operate just beneath breaking the law. Oh, so you mean they're not doing anything illegal? Yeah, exactly. But see, you don't like that, and you don't like that you think they're... And the part is you're trying to frame it as something just on the surface. They're secretly Nazis and they're perfectly hiding it right beneath everything. And so what is her argument? Okay, we need to literally remove their rights because we can't allow that. That's what they argued. Here we are. Swastikas and other symbols of hate were dis- on display. <laughs> symbols of hate, whatever they wanted to mean today, right? Literally, you could, I mean, we know apparently the okay symbols, a signal of hate, right? I mean, I just talked about this on a different podcast. Oh, it was on the on Slow News Day. Like, obviously the confederate flag has been framed and used by people as a symbol of whatever they want it to mean in regard to racism but it's simply just a historical flag like plenty of other things or going even further how about simply the idea that before the nazis took it the swastika was actually a symbol of power that had nothing to do with what they made it into right so the idea is that these things are are inert until they become what you want them to make you know turn them into so somebody having a confederate flag is not inherently racist that's just ignorance but because they saw it, because they want that to be the case, and sure, it could be, they frame it across the board as symbols of hate, all the, and of course, the entire convoy is like that, amid a sea of Canadian flags. Right. Protest against mandate, uh, vaccine mandates in Ottawa near the weekend. The protests, which were organized by Canadian truckers in response to the mandates, returned to Canada from the United States, took place on Saturday. And sometimes American flags were upside down. So the protesters featured a range. The reason this isn't highlighted is because this refreshes itself every five seconds, it seems. But the protest is the protests featured a range of groups comparing vaccine mandates to fascism. Right. Because it literally is. But they don't like that. And displaying Canadian flags and sometimes American flags upside down. Oh, no. Right. That's a sign. You're doing that on purpose to show you that this place. I mean, it's a symbol. It's showing you that we are not who the people running this country, the government are not supporting you. They don't represent you in this country. They do not. That should that should be very clear. And equally made the argument about other countries as well right now. It's pretty much all across the board. 
Among the symbols displayed at the protest were uh, swastika, right? Already lying to you. It was one that immediately got addressed, addressed and removed, but that was enough for them. And in at least one instance, a Confederate flag. So apparently in a million large protest, there was one Confederate flag and one swastika that was immediately removed. And that's enough to deem all of them racist. That's intelligent. A member of parliament from the conservative party went out to show support to the protesters. An interview by Canadian News Channel is apparently where that swastika showed up. That seems like an absolutely active, I mean, that seems like a completely made to happen situation. Then it says Cooper later released a statement saying he did not know the symbol was behind him. And if he would, he would have condemned it. Then said, that doesn't represent the rest of them and you should stand with them. Who cares about all that nuance though? He saw it, he was there, terrorist, Nazi. That's the reduced down narrative of the mainstream media. Journalists who reported on the protest said that they were, they were subjected to hate speech, violence themselves, which is always what, this is them going, fake news, you guys are fake. And of course, maybe somebody yelled something negative because who knows, they have every right to speak. They're free speech, right? Right? It's all free speech, except when they say things you don't like and the protest or the journalists act like they're a protected class. Like, God forbid these touchy-feely snowflake journalists could go out and actually report in a war zone. Because, yeah, that's dangerous. But they'd be going, no, they're trying to hurt me. That's not against the rules. Right. So they can't go in around a crowd that's yelling negative things at them without reporting them and saying, oh, they hurt my feelings. It's ridiculous. Now, hate speech, by the way, if you want to go even further and argue it was some gross, distasteful thing that we should all point out as bad, is not against the law. Now, violence themselves is a, is a crime. So if somebody actually committed a crime against you, go tell the police. But we can't prove that because no one did. And how do we even know it happened? For all we know, somebody bumped into them while they were walking by and that became violence. This is not a joke. This is how the mainstream media has reported these things in the past, outright fabricating them many times. Now, I'm not suggesting I know that happened here. I'm just saying we can prove that in the past, and we already have. One Canadian Broadcasting Corporation being called a slave-blooded traitor. Oh, no. How did you go on with your day after asking for an interview with those organized protesters? Right, because they can see right through your garbage and know how obviously manipulated you are. You guys are upset by that. The one thing that is really obvious right now is the mainstream corporate media. They're just upset because... They're losing control. People don't like them anymore. And so now they're just petitioning the government. Make them trust us again. They're being mean to us. <laughs> it's pretty pathetic. Former U.S. President Donald Trump gave a protest. This shout out at the rally I'll show you next. And this is exactly part of the ploy. We want those great Canadian truckers to know we're all with them. Bruce, uh, uh, both, them, uh, both the swastika and the Confederate flags were symbols of extreme hate. So very sad to see those symbols anywhere and especially in Canada. But you know they're there. People around the world, U.S., Canada, anywhere, have them somewhere. You can order them on, on Amazon, right? Is Amazon a hate speech platform? That's, uh, I mean, right now, you can order all, all sorts of Nazi propaganda paraphernalia on Amazon. In fact, I actually just saw something randomly pop up. I almost thought, like, they probably just want me to buy that so we can see that just refreshed on you. Like, so they can be like, oh, I knew it. <laughs> there were some coins with little Nazi symbols on I'm like, why is that even there? So... By their same rationale, all of Amazon is a Nazi-supporting white supremacist platform. But you see how stupid that is? But they don't care. Here's Trump. The Canadian truckers, you've been reading about it, who are resisting bravely these lawless mandates of which you were a part, Mr. Trump, and created the emergency plat situation that gave him the, the ability to do that. Right? Whether he pretended and spoke loudly about not supporting these things, he set the table that allowed all this to happen. Now, whether he was 
I don't know, un, 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 uninformed enough to know that would happen, wasn't uh, smart enough to realize he was doing these things or he was part of it. It doesn't really matter at this point. But he goes on to say, they're doing more to defend American freedom than our own leaders, including you, Mr. Trump. And we want those great Canadian truckers to know that we're all with them all the way. Now, this is perfectly timed. Of course, whether you want to argue that he's doing it because he's obviously just a politician and trying to tap into the support this huge movement has, or it's perfectly timed to make it go, see, see, it's Republican, it's alt-right, it's white supremacist, we all told you. Trump just endorsed it. Either way you want to look at it, guys, that's how this is working. Now, I don't, I don't know why people still convince Trump is on your side. I'm already seeing people that have been up and hip to this whole thing the whole time, even recognizing Republicans for what they've been this entire time, slowly being pulled back into the two-party illusion already because Trump 2024 is already moving. And it makes me sad. But hopefully we'll continue to poke holes through their obvious manipulations and be able to see that Trump is just like anybody else in these positions, even if he doesn't know it. Now, here is what happened in Australia, how the Canadian truck drivers protest wound up outside Parliament House, minus the trucks. Now, yes, a lot of these people are protesting in support and and solidarity with the trucker protest. But what I think is very interesting is how this is ultimately what I think they want. They want a January 6th-esque type of thing, at least in Canada. So I very strongly think this is what they're trying to drive people to do. Now, also note that this was in a similar way kind of allowed to happen. It says groups of anti-vaxxers, which again is how they could possibly know every single person there is anti-vax or just don't support the mandates, which to them is anti-vax, which shows you how stupid their argument is, descended on Parliament on Monday in what appeared to be a local offshoot of the truck driver's freedom convoy in Canada. However, one thing appeared to be missing, the trucks. Although the timing and truckie-centric rhetoric tied the Canberra protest to the events in Canada, the attendees were largely the same crowd who had been flocking to anti-lockdown and anti-vaccine rallies for months in Australia. So already out of the gate, they're kind of just dumping it into them because I think that's good. It works for what they're trying to accomplish. But notably, the convoys to Canberra from New South Wales, Victoria, Queensland, and even West Australia were dominated by cars, which I don't even know why that means anything. See, they're not trucks, you right liars. It, they, they're not even, a, the whole thing is they, they're not trucks. We're doing it in support of what they're doing. Right. The point is, that's actually meant to make the argument that somehow they're lying to you, that it's not really trucks, despite this gigantic display of a zillion trucks in a row. Right. It's just, you know, an endless row, a million, if you'd like a billion, an endless string. I'm being facetious, obviously. It's not that many, but it's a lot. And it's way more than they're trying to pretend it's not. But here, see, we told you it's only cars with four days notice from the time the plan was hatched last week. That's weird verbiage, kind of making it sound like some kind of an attack or manipulation. ACT policing had prepared for the convoys to arrive from all three highways. But after holding the line on the lawns of Parliament House, police eventually just stepped back and let them in. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, right? Weeks of planning and blocking all the roads, then just go, never mind, go ahead. Yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? Allowed them to walk right up to the building. Where, the de- where they deemed, demanded the representatives of the government come out to address them. This seems very allowed, in my opinion. Parliament does not resume, so they went until February 8th, so nobody was there. Australian anti-vaxxers had long talked about a march on the protest, or excuse me, on the government to bring down the government. Okay, so there was talks on social media about this, and therefore all of them are that. All right, this is, this is, as always, what they do. But 
I think it's pretty obvious that this is the same. I mean, if you don't see how this is the exact same setup that didn't that ended up in the exact same not way, I, I genuinely think this is trying. They're trying to drive this, but we're all pretty hip to how obviously this is a ploy. Now, the final point here, as Doom points out, Vanilla Isis is coming is where they're all trying to drive this together, right? They're really trying to make this about domestic terrorism. White supremacy, vanilla ISIS, they keep trying to float, which is just so stupid. And to add to that, as they're key, they try to tie this together. Breaking 911 reports, or rather the government tell reports that an American woman accused of leading an ISIS battalion was arrested in Virginia. And I just put a slap face emoji. Really? Right, because we all know how woke ISIS is, right? They're all about feminism. I mean, geez, this is so stupid. I mean, I, I do I really need to go into it? The point is, guys, that we're at a point here where they're trying desperately, in my opinion, to connect domestically terrorism from abroad, which will end up tying back into how we've already shown them, you know, maybe attacking vaccine infrastructure, uh, attacking the vaccines themselves, using a bio attack with smallpox or whatever Bill Gates was suggesting. And all that ties back in with the same discussion, all of it. This ties back into Trump supporters who are domestic terrorists, they say, which ties back in who they're slamming or anti-vaccine people doing this, which ties back in with, you know, it all circles back around. As they said, vanilla ice is coming. It's pretty silly, but this is why the January 6th part of this ties back in with the vaccine mandates and it's, they're trying to make this happen. I genuinely believe that. Why? Because they need these people to be framed as bad guys for all the stuff we just discussed. But on top of that, because their narrative is literally falling apart in front of them right now. <clears throat> now, this is the following up from yesterday, the clip that Anna Breeze put out early that already got censored twice, apparently. This is, this is a report that's being discussed with, and it turns out it was the guy that uh, when we said it was NHS, it was the guy that we had already previously discussed. Uh, here, I'll just real quick show you this. Oh, no, it was this one. We'll go through all these videos for you. This guy who was standing, that's <laughs> funny. Where was it? Right here. Oh, geez. Don't worry, I have these downloaded. <laughs> God, I love this. Don't you love this? Like, I love how they're willing to make their own platform look bad so things don't work for the people they don't like. And I mean that from like YouTube specifically. How if I, I should just do an entire show walking through how obnoxious the setup is for any show on YouTube for me because I have to use all Brave browser, to, uh, you know, s private windows. Nothing works. Every button doesn't work. Everything freezes. And it, it's, it's only for me. And if I use a private browser, it all works. Isn't that funny? Just, it's just so ridiculous. Anyway, the point is, this is the guy that was speaking with Sajid Javid. And spoke out and said, you're wrong. And he's now speaking on the record about everything we already talked about. And I played that early clip yesterday. We're going to play the rest of it for you. Somebody in the chat asking about vanilla, oh, vanilla ice, never mind. I thought they were asking what vanilla ice was. We, it's the joke about somehow arguing that there's, you know, people that are like at, literally arguing that white supremacists on the alt-right are somehow working with people that are, ter are jihadists or Iranian yet white supremacists simultaneously, because that makes sense. The only way they could make that even remotely sound logical is vanilla ISIS. Like there's white people here and that makes it okay for them because bad guy here, and they're not even trying anymore. I mean, that's just so clumsy, but let's listen to what he has to say in regard to what's really going on. That these aren't saving you. They're not keeping you healthy. In fact, they're doing the exact opposite. But here, let's listen to this one first and we'll go through three clips that were shared by... Um, 
freeze, I believe, to start. But here's the first one. Opportunity, I think, hundreds of thousands of people would have liked to have taken. Um, it was simply there in front of me, and uh, I chose to speak my mind. What do you think of the, the new rule to require vaccination of all NHS staff? <laughs> I'm, I'm not happy about that. So. You're not happy about it, tell me. Yeah. So I've had COVID at some point. Yeah. Uh, I've got antibodies. Yeah. Um, I've been working on COVID ITU since the beginning. I have not had a vaccination. I did not want to have a vaccination. I never felt I would need to be vaccinated. Uh, I always thought that health... Of course, they cut out the most important part, right? Where he really goes deep into it and explains why and argues that they're not following the science, right? And he openly says, but I'm trusting the experts and he's and what he's doing is referencing Pfizer and the companies and Fauci he's not listening the experts are standing right in front of him right he's listening to the companies the people wouldn't have even be offered uh, the vaccine it was going to go for vulnerable people um, I've never seen someone who's fit and well um, on intensive care um, I know I know some people have had serious problems from COVID who've been otherwise well um, and I assume that it would be offered to uh, adults um, but never sort of given a message that everybody should take it and certainly not for healthy children. Are you going to scrap plans to make vaccines mandatory for NHS workers? My view about uh, NHS workers and everybody who is involved in looking after uh, vulnerable people, all healthcare professionals should get uh, a vaccine. That's absolutely clear. I think that Sajid Javid, the health secretary, is going to be saying a bit more later on about uh, how you how you might deal with different variants of of, uh, of coronavirus because they have different implications when it comes to uh, transmissibility. But you have to wait to hear what Saj says. Well, I'll show you that in a minute and show you what he does say, which is that they're ending this with no new evidence. So they should be immediately arrested for all the wrong things that they've done, knowing that they haven't had any evidence to guide their choices. And they're just arbitrarily changing it now because people are going after them right? <clears throat> and they're being caught for lying and manipulating, right? That's the point. But we'll get to that next. That's what he was referencing. There. Before we do that, let's continue to play the justification from the actual experts, you know, the doctors that are watching this and giving you the actual data in front of you saying that they don't do this, they don't do that, there's no science behind this, and they don't seem to care. Why do you not want to have a jab? Um, I never felt I would need to be vaccinated. Uh, I always thought that healthy people wouldn't have even be offered uh, the vaccine. It was going to go for vulnerable people. Um, I've never seen someone who's fit and well um, on intensive care. Um, I know I know some people have had serious problems from COVID who've been otherwise well. Um, and I assumed that it would be offered to uh, adults, um, but never sort of given a message that everybody should take it and certainly not for healthy children. Is it not the social responsibility of healthy people to look after those who aren't? I believe it's the, it's the social responsibility of healthy people to get natural immunity. I think it's much... Well, you see, what's, what's funny about her, her statement, it inherently implies that getting the injection is the safe and smart thing to do. He literally just said that's the opposite. Like, there's no, that there's no justification for people that are healthy. And so her argument is, don't you think you should do that to protect other people? He just said they were healthy. Like, you see, all they have is talking points and narrative. She just goes right to her next point. She's not even listening to what he's saying. And if she is, she's just thinking he's crazy and wrong and dumb because they don't care about what the experts are saying. They care about narrative. Much uh, historically, much more likely to be long lasting 
than a vaccine-induced yep. immunity. In case I missed that, he's talking about natural immunity, and we are, we've are we already confirmed this. Even the CDC study is now showing you that they are better. Exponentially, natural immunity has been better. It always has been. Much uh, Historically, much more likely to be long-lasting than a vaccine-induced immunity. And I think studies are bearing that out now. But if they've contracted COVID, they could pass it on in that period of time that they potentially wouldn't have to the same extent if they had had a vaccination. I mean, that's blatantly false, especially I mean, this is right now. This is new. So this this woman who's supposed to be a journalist, who's supposed to be up on the new information, has no clue about what the actual current data is showing that the everywhere right now, the people who are spreading this exponentially more are the people with the injections everywhere. I mean, it is across the board. I mean, this is why they're rolling stuff back, guys. And here she is towing the line because that's what they actually are paid to do. Is the suggestion from the NHS. Well, it's the suggestion. And there's some data showing that with Delta, there was some reduction for a few months uh, in the ability to transmit it. But you've got to remember one very key thing. Asymptomatic transmission is a uh, idea that came from computer model generation. It's not real world data. Yep. Isn't it fun when you have somebody honest willing to speak out? So if you're sick and you stay away from other people, you won't transmit it. What about if you don't know if you've got it? You fool. He just said asymptomatic. I mean, gosh darn it. This guy must be so frustrated having to deal with people like this. She, so he says asymptomatic and explains the whole thing. And then she just goes, what about people who aren't sick? Oh, you mean asymptomatic people <laughs> or don't know they're sick, right? But that doesn't exist is the point in regard to the obvious research, million person, 10 million person study found 300 people that were asymptomatic. None of them were transmissible because they didn't have symptoms. This woman just doesn't care to know it or isn't able to know it. Well, if you haven't got any symptoms, you're not transmitting it. Duh. <laughs> okay, so you can't transmit COVID even though you don't have any symptoms. Because, again, that's not... You can't transmit it even though you don't have symptoms? That doesn't even make sense. Not what we've been told. If, if, in fact, it is exactly what we've been told, that she's just not paying attention. In fact, to take that back, it's what she's been told, but she's not reading the information. She's regurgitating what she's been told, and she basically just admitted that to you. If you're pre-symptomatic... So, no, no, so let me correct myself there. So... If you're about to get symptoms but don't recognize it, that's possible. But in that tiny little window, we haven't got evidence showing that, at least not in a healthcare setting, that makes a difference. We know- no, but see, this is, he's just playing the game of equivocation because of this point, and, and he's not in wrong in saying that. But what he explained very clearly in the beginning, symptoms are how it's spread. So if you don't have symptoms, which is why you don't know you have it, and that's cl- assuming it's even there to begin with, knowing that I think very clearly that most of this is vaccine side effects, well, the point is no symptoms, no spread. So if you don't know you have it, you don't have symptoms, won't spread. It's very simple to try to make this little point and be like, well, maybe you've just got a little bit of symptoms, don't know it yet, and maybe you can spread. We're talking about, a, like he said, a small window. And even then, the bottom line is the vast majority of people are not at risk from this. Most people won't get it. Most people won't even know. And most people, including people under 19, have a one in a million chance of dying. And on top of that, it's no worse than the flu for the vast majority of people. I mean, can I keep going? I mean, they don't even care about any of this stuff. And this is all proven today by CDC's own data. All they can point to is the long haul, which is already being shown to be completely psychosomatic. Or, I mean, what else do they have at this point? The idea that the variants could get worse, we don't know for sure, while they're still basically saying it's all kind of ambiguous and super dangerous so they can keep these people scared? It's wild. I know that in household contacts with Delta, recent uh, immunization reduces that. 
but we haven't compared people who were previously exposed versus those who weren't exposed to corona, who had vaccines, who didn't have vaccines, and we certainly never tested it in a hospital setting. But as, as you point out there, doctors, quite often you don't know you've got it until you've done the test. Do you see how stupid this is? So did you just forget what he said? So if you can't spread it without the symptoms, I mean, good God, I, would, I, I, don't, I couldn't keep patience with somebody like this. No, I didn't say that. Um, I said that most of the time um, you, when you have got symptoms, that's when you're transmitting. And when you haven't got symptoms, you're not transmitting. And Duh. Right, you know what this reminds me of right now? It just it makes me laugh is that Jordan Peterson interview where he keeps saying things and she's like, so what you're saying is this. And he's like, no, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> Every so, what you're saying is that, that, that women are bad? No, I'm not saying that. Like, that's just it. This is either their effort to reframe it in a way that works for them, or she's just too stupid to grasp what's happening. Your choice. It's a very small window where you're pre-symptomatic and go on. So, if you if you don't go on to get symptoms and you tested positive, you're not transmitting it. No, but you could have had, I don't know, runny nose, whatever the symptoms were when you had um, Omicron and, and certainly uh, when, it when it was the Delta variant. You don't know you've got it at that stage until you've done your lateral flow and then uh, confirmed by your PCR test. So and his point and what anybody else is saying is that most people, when they feel they're getting sick, generally stay away from people anyway, which is the point. Now. In the flu context, which don't forget, the risk is generally the same for the vast majority of people unless you're riddled with comorbidities and over 80 or, or say, let's say 70, which is pretty much any problem, right? That's how that works, that you're not really in danger. It's the flu. So do you do that for the flu, right? If you got the sniffles, do you sprint out and get a flu test to make sure you're not sick with the flu so you don't spread the flu? No, you don't. So this is irrational. And I don't know why they can't see that. In that window, you can infect other people, including the elderly. Yes, you, you can pass it on, but we know that... Yeah, for the 45th time, symptoms can spread it. With Omicron, it's very clear that that doesn't happen, that the vaccine doesn't protect you from onward transmission. Yep. We also know that it, with Delta, the transmission was only reduced for a few months post-vaccine. And we also know that that's not comparing people who've got natural immunity versus people who hadn't got natural immunity and got the vaccination. Huge, huge, right? I can't even believe they're allowing this guy to have this interview. I mean, this is exactly what we're talking about. Now, trust me, I get that the people are who want to think that, I mean, look, I, th th there's plenty of things that you could argue that, they, that I think he believes what he's saying. Let's put it that way. Same kind of argument with like a Joe Rogan conversation, right? It doesn't mean that everything you have to agree with he's saying is correct. I, I generally do, but we're, we're talking about something here that is clearly counter to what the narrative is across the board and all of this stuff you can prove i mean with very little effort so it's just kind of crazy to me to why i mean this is people get censored still right this moment on all the platforms for saying even part of what he's saying right now this is what the nhs say research has shown the vaccines help reduce your risk of getting seriously ill or dying from covid19 reduce your risk of catching or spreading covid19 and protect against COVID-19 variants. Yeah, right. The idea is that they're saying reduce, which could mean anything. It could be 0.000001% reduction, or it could mean 90% reduction. Who knows? Because they don't tell you. They only give you a relative risk reduction, which is ridiculously, I mean, it does really tell you that it means nothing at the end of the day, but 
The point is that reducing it is only because they argue that lowering the symptoms to some degree, which I haven't seen proven, is reducing the possibility for them to spread. They in no way say, in fact, they overtly now tell you that it does not stop transmission. So she's not paying attention and is just desperately trying to keep this going. Yes, that's correct. And that's based on the Delta information and comparing people who were vaccinated. versus. And, and on top of that, from old information, as he just pointed out, you know, great journalism. It's unvaccinated, not looking at people who've already got immunity. Yep. Ignoring so natural that's immunity. Not why, that's not applicable enough data to the whole of the NHS staff. And it's not relevant to Omicron. And you will not be having a COVID vaccination under any circumstances? I will not be having a COVID vaccination, not unless the entire landscape of COVID and the vaccine changes. And, you know, vaccine mandates are wrong. Yep. So somebody in the chat says, so ironic, Ryan just mentioned censoring. I don't even know what that means. That's it's just the idea. Are you suggesting that we're censoring people? For, for, this is so funny. The, the, the one soul bot in the, cha- in, the, in the chat. But let's go to the next one. I think this is the next one. Did I um, do three already? Yeah, just just to put it to you finally before I let you go. Our- Hold on, let me, make sure, let me make sure I didn't skip one. I think I, did I do three? Is that the third one? But as, as you point out there, doctors, quite often you don't know you've got it. Yeah, okay, so let's do the last one. Um, yeah, just, just to put it to you finally before I let you go, our resident doc, our resident GP said that you are being selfish. Oh my God. Think about that. Think about that. What does that even have any, I mean, see, this is, this is a perfect way to sum up such an obviously just subjective and hypocritical interview. Oh, my, this doctor here says you're dumb. What do you say about that? (laughs) Right. I mean, that's, that's the same thing. You're selfish. You're ugly. It doesn't have any bearing on what's going on right now. You're just, you, you're just calling him a name. Why does we, okay, four eyes, you're stupid. What do you say about that? Like, if you, do, if you think those things are different, then you're not paying attention. You're selfish because of what I believe. You, all you're trying to do is spur him into some kind of response that can make him look bad. Isn't that ridiculous? I mean, I just, this is clownish to me. Okay. I think 100,000 other people. Uh, That's actually a great answer, by the way. <laughs> uh, in the NHS think that we're speaking our mind because we do not want to be coerced into having a vaccine a vaccine that's still uh, in experimental trial stages, a vaccine that's got uh, side effects that are not really clearly talked about at present, and people are concerned that they're higher than are being shared, a vaccine that isn't really very effective in stopping serious disease in the healthy population because the healthy population doesn't get very serious disease from COVID. But you acknowledge that it's saved uh, a lot of lives, people being vaccinated. And, And this is what's funny. So it, you, you won't even address what he just said, which, it, you, which you just don't want people to think about. So you want to jump right over it, which is the most important part of this. It's not dangerous. It's not helping you. And you shouldn't take it unless you're absolutely in dire need. And even then, I argue you shouldn't based on everything I'm seeing, because that seems to be hurting them the most. But then she just goes, well, don't you think it's saved? You can't admit it saved a lot of lives, right? I mean, basically everything he said has argued that that's really not the case. But let's see what he says. As opposed to where we we would be if if we hadn't gone down that route. Absolutely acknowledge that it has saved lives of the elderly, the vulnerable, those who are immunocompromised, got severe comorbid disease. uh, Two categories of which right now the current data says we don't know if it's safe. Right. I mean, how many times have to show that? And yet here he is towing the same line. 
Isn't that interesting? So either way, it ultimately has to evolve. You know, so this last part of it makes me kind of just go, okay, so is this the planned rollback of the narrative? And now we're, that's the line though, right? So we will admit to you that all of this stuff, okay, but it was the, still the greatest invention of the history of mankind and we're still saving lives. Okay, end of story. Let's let them rest at this point for a year and then jump right back in with a new scare tactic. And guess what? We still have that thing that saved everybody. Let's use that again. Interesting. Clearly, that's not supported by the data. I mean, look at all, look at the information around these elderly people and look at, look, I mean, take a look at the nursing home situation in New York City that started everything. There was th- over a third of all of the deaths in that period were from those, just those nursing homes. I mean, that added with the PCR illusion, added with the flu and pneumonia jammed into it, added with everything else that caused death that was lumped into COVID. This is an illusion, but let's pretend like it saved everybody, right? Guys, this is exploding with problems and it's only going to get worse based on everything we're seeing and everything that's proving out based on what other experts are telling us. So I, I'm skeptical about this too. But what what am I not skeptical about these days? It feels like it's smart though to be very skeptical about everything that's going on. But going forward, here's the links for those when we check them out. Here is what's happening in regard to Sajid Javid. Rolling back. Okay, so here's what's interesting. So they're telling you right now, Saved everybody, blah, blah, blah. But now the UK is actually openly rolling back the, the requirement for healthcare workers to have to take this, which is great and fantastic because they never should have had to do it in the first place. So what about all the fired people? What about everybody you already fired and made them and, and forced them into a position of poverty and everything else that happened? You're admitting that you were wrong? Do they have a lawsuit against you now? Well, they probably should because you know what? There is nothing that changed other than them getting pressure. Because that's all that really drives them, guys. That's why the trucker movement is having an effect. That's why in Denmark, the people protesting already had an effect. That's why the, all of this, when you stand up in enough numbers, they back down. We've seen this throughout history, unless there's just, you know, it's an end game scenario, which by the way, we might as well push it to that point anyway, if that's where it needs to go to make this go to a situation where we exist in a relative state of freedom. Right? I mean, a point where we get to make our own choices. That's all this really comes down to. He says, oh, here, I'll play it for you. Subject to the response, it is not only right, but responsible to revisit the balance of risks and opportunities that guided our original decision last year. While vaccination remains our very best line of defense against COVID-19. See? Same stopping, same same backstop to their rollback narrative, right? I believe that it is no longer proportionate to require vaccination as a condition of deployment through statute. Now, why exactly would that be, right? Did they not just spend the last six months screaming about how serious Omicron is? Or excuse me, if six months, it'd be November, so a couple months, whatever. But they're screaming about how dangerous it all is for however long. The point is, have they not just been telling us how serious this all is and how Omicron could turn to this? We're all seriously dangerous. We have to keep vaccinating or no matter what, or we're all in a bad way. Okay, so where's the new study? What changed your mind? As I said, are you admitting you were always wrong and only just now realized it? Or that you have new evidence that changes everything, right? If it's the latter, what is the new evidence to change your mind? You damn well better show us that. And either way, you should be held to account for the wildly unscientific actions you've taken. Because if you're rolling it back now, we can see clearly that it was never backed up by the science because we know that, by the way, because we've been proving that. 
My point here clearly is every one of them that are trying to subtly roll this back as if they're giving you something need to be held to account for why they took these actions, why they were clearly unsound, and why now they're rolling them back arbitrarily with nothing to back it up. Not that we should stop them from rolling it back. We should roll it back even further than where we started from, you know, to a different society with a different government. But the point here, guys, is that we're talking about obvious, obvious admission of guilt. That needs to be held to account from, from Biden, from, from Boris, from everybody. Let's finish what he says. So, Madam Deputy Speaker, today I'm announcing that we will launch a consultation on ending vaccination as a condition of deployment in health and all social care settings. Subject to the responses and the will of this House, the government will revoke the regulations. I mean, it, it just the, it, in every way contradicts everything they've been saying. Like if we had come out a month ago and said, you should stop forcing people in the front line to take injections, they would have said, you're crazy. You are an absolute crazy conspiracy theorist. I promise you right now, you have people that were moments ago on their side who are rapidly attacking Javid Javid, Sajid Javid, maybe even calling him an anti-vaxxer. How much you want to bet? Somewhere that's happening. Because that's what they've created, a rabid monster that's just consuming anything that goes against the narrative, even the ones they were just told to trust. Sort of how the WHO is not supposed to be challenged right up until they say what they don't like, and then they go the other direction. How dumb is that? Or the fact that we've already seen your government go like, hey, no masks aren't required anymore. And then you still have people going, no way, we're going to require them in our store because... I thought you were trusting the science, which you thought that was, and it wasn't. And then the science says no more, and you do it anyway. So you're not trusting the science, right? I mean, it's just so stupid, even though they were never doing that. They were trusting narrative and pretending it was science. But he's openly telling you that we're going to roll this back. I don't understand how people aren't. These people should be literally arrested right now for what they've done, destroyed your lives, businesses. I mean, look at all the collateral damage from children to, I mean, you talk to any childhood, uh, like social services or not social service, like social care, like people that deal with, uh, you know, children that are abused or whatever, or just in any sense, people that are children, uh, psychiatrists and things like that. I've talked to many of them so far over the last so many months. And actually, I just, I, just I, don't, I think I ended up not sharing that, but on Twitter, one person was saying the same thing. He goes, guys, I work with kids every day and it's, he has never, ever seen it like this. Like these kids are destroyed. Every, every day he's dealing with multiple children that are like on the edge of breaking children. And I'm not talking teenagers, guys. We're talking children that are literally so upset that they have no idea how to make sense of anything anymore because of what they did to them. All based on things that we now know aren't justified based on what the experts are saying, based on what they're now telling you we're rolling back because they reevaluated the information. It turns out they were wrong. Turns out the cloth mask didn't do anything except, yeah, they did. They made them sick. They hurt them because that's what the only random controlled trial on cloth mask actually found all the way back in 2015. How many times did we used to bring that up? Like every three seconds when we were all about the mass, right? Let's see if I can get it. Yeah, right there. I mean, it's just so, it's so infuriating. So British Medical Journal, and I have a peer-reviewed study in 2015, a random controlled trial, the gold standard that literally finds, as I've shown you a thousand times, this only random controlled trial of cloth mass found that this moisture retention, reuse of the cloth mass, pore filtration, increased the risk of infection. 
Further research is needed. And in the meantime, as a precautionary measure, they say we shouldn't use them. And they're the only cloth the, the category of masks that actually significantly increased your risk. But who cares about that, right? We should go right into saying that's the only thing you should use all through 2020, all into 2021. And now we're going, oh, guess what? They didn't work at all and they're actually dangerous for you. I mean, how do you make sense of that other than an overt manipulation? And even if you thought they they were you know, mistaken, they didn't come out and go, oh, sorry, guys, we just looked at the study Ryan's been screaming about for two years and it turns out he's right. You're, we were wrong. No, they just act like they discovered something new because Lena Wen and Gottlieb said it on the TV. That's it. That's all that happened. They said it and then, oh, turns out cloth masks have never worked and we've always known that. Now here, in my opinion, is exactly why they're rolling this back or one of the many reasons because they're getting some heat. Now, here's the cabinet office investigation into alleged gatherings on government premises during COVID restrictions, right? January 31st, 2022. Of all the things, doing exactly what they told you you weren't allowed to do because you're a bad person. They did all of it. Now, here, you can read this all for yourself. Just quickly going to go over the general findings. It says, against the backdrop of the pandemic, when the government was asking citizens to accept far-reaching restrictions on their lives... Some of the behavior surrounding these gatherings is difficult to justify. So let's be clear. You can read this. They did it. They broke the rules. They gathered. They drank excessively. And nothing's going to happen. All the people that they arrested destroyed their lives because they dared to not wear a mask. They're not going to get anything back. These people won't have anything taken from them, no matter what. At least some of the gatherings in question represented a serious failure to observe not just the high standards expected of those working at the heart of the government, but also of the standards expected of the entire British population. So basically, they did everything you were told you weren't allowed to do. At times, it seemed there was too little thought given to what was happening across the country. I mean, it's just, the way they frame this is so pathetic. They knowingly broke the rules that they forced you to apply to. There were failures of leadership and judgment by different parts. Yeah, oops, we accidentally made these mistakes 30 times in a row. Our bad. The excessive consumption of alcohol is not appropriate in a professional workplace at any time. Steps must be taken to ensure that government departments that clear the robust policy. They were drinking excessively in, in on the job, or at the very least, uh, their at the work of, uh, place of work. And it turns out there's even accusations of rampant drug use. The use of the num uh, the garden at number 10 Downing Street should be primarily for the prime minister and private events. And they were using it for all sorts of other things. They weren't wearing masks. They weren't collecting. They were breaking all the rules. Some staff wanted to raise concerns about behaviors they witnessed at the work at times, but felt unable to do so. That sounds like a hostile work environment to me. Who cares about that, though? Right? Who God knows what else is happening there that they're not speaking up about. No members of staff should feel unable to report challenges, obviously, but they don't care about that. The number of working staff has steadily increased in recent years in terms of size and scale and responsibility akin to a small government department and purely dedicated the prime minister's office. These structures that support the smooth operating of Downing Street, however, have not evolved sufficiently to meet the demands of the expansion. I mean, there's general people in there. The leadership structures are fragmented and complicated, and this has sometimes led to the blurring of lines of accountability. Oh, sure. It was just a bureaucratic mix-up. Our bad. We accidentally did everything we knew you weren't supposed to do because we just weren't sure. We weren't getting our emails connected properly. Ours. They're just pathetic. And that's actually what the conclusion kind of said. Oh, the gathering's in scope and we're trying to move period and we're going to continue to look into it. And Unbelievable. These are criminals. I mean, even by their own assessment and what they called you a crime for, they, they're doing the same thing. And then they're murdering people overseas. And then they're robbing people of their resources. And then they're doing everything we know these governments have done for our entire lives. 
They're afraid of you. And they're rolling this back right now because of what is happening. Now, to add to what Slow News added to this, I saw right before the show, and that's why I mentioned this a moment ago. Guess what just happened? Denmark declares COVID no longer poses threat. Isn't that interesting? Bloomberg. It's weird how all of these things that were just absolute dangerous, dangerous medical misinformation 30 seconds ago are suddenly now being discussed in the mainstream media. It's almost like they were told they were allowed to do it, right? I know I'm so crazy. I can't suggest something like that. Denmark declares COVID no longer a threat. I guess that's all we get. (laughs) This is what mainstream looks like today. It's Bloomberg. You got to pay them to see their garbage. But this, as he points out, and this was the point, I agree. This was the full lockdown jab mandate. Expect at least six shots Dutch until there were people in the streets every day for six weeks. Please take that. I mean, that is a, that, in my, that might be the most important point of the show today. It is time. They know, just like they admitted in different places, they know there's a number in their minds. If there's enough people standing up at the same time, they have to back down because they can't, unless they want to shoot everybody, which again is my point when it comes to an end game scenario, because we know how, you know, authoritarian fascist these people are. But if it's not going to go to that extent, which I don't think it really will for a lot of reasons, because they need us, they'll back down because they know that they can't arrest everybody without breaking the system. There's a certain number they know will collapse everything. They just don't have the resources for it. So they back down. Here we are. Denmark turned back. Now, that could be because they're basically being told that we're rolling out the narrative or because they protested. But let's just make clear that it's all rolling back. And their protest, at the very least, showed the world that they weren't taking it. Now, on in the United States, while that's happening, right? Denmark and you, everyone else is going, oh, we're rolling it back because clearly it's not dangerous. You know, we've always known. Yeah, right. Here's CNN. Michael Sager's pointing out a really useful COVID chart here from CNN. <laughs> oh, it's just so, it's just so, I mean, what's the right word for it? Remedial, juvenile, coronavirus in the United States, level of community transmission. So red is high. Orange, substantial, moderate, yellow, and then the, I guess like another kind of yellow low. Now, for those in the podcast, the entire country's all red, the whole thing. Not even, not even the smallest amount of anything but red everywhere. <laughs> so it's just like, it's meaningless. It's literally meaningless. Now, first of all, there's no metrics. So what do they think is low and high? Who knows? Whatever they want it to mean. And are we really going to pretend that that's actually, like, if that's even the honest graph, It's because the injected are spreading this amongst themselves and even amongst the uninjected everywhere. And the UK data, the Scotland data, the Iceland data, the US data, every data point backs this up right now that I can see. And they're desperately trying to hide it from you. And this is just about fear, right? So everyone else is rolling it back. They're going, look, it's, look, it, look, it's fear. I just said, I'm just blown away by how simply dumbed down these channels have all become. And it has become much worse in the last so many months or whatever. That graph is meaningless. And I think it's aimed at the lowest common denominator. As I said, oh, red means danger. I better stay inside. Said only those dumb enough to trust CNN or Fox News for that matter. That's what it boils down to. And then somebody makes a good point in regard to the clip we played earlier. As the Israeli vaccine chief tells you, these never protected you. We thought they did, but they don't. And we now know that. Mr. Mar Rob points out, and this is true, we've made this point before, just to give you another example from another location. Palestinians that have not been injected thanks to the Israeli occupation, right, are doing better than Israelis fully injected. And we're, every, everyone in the world seems to be doing better than fully injected Israelis right now. 
pretty obviously clear. But rolling this over into what they're not letting you do, right? While there's plenty of things that we should be allowing anybody to do because it's their choice about early treatment, they're taking every possible step to keep the information from your view about ivermectin or whatever else you want to have free choice to try for yourself. Now, this Twitter is not allowed this tweet to be retweeted, which happens all over the place, but I did this so people could continue to share it. This is the ivermectin found effective against Omicron, which it was. 300% miscarriage increase, which is reported by three whistleblowing medical doctors from the military and verified data downloads that are going to be presented to court, but you know, fake news. And the pandemic of the injected, which is clearly shown in every possible way, but learn about the treatments. And I have to show you this. Like if I click on this, it's going to take you to a bland statement of a state grouping of statements that mean nothing, nothing even remotely connected to this. I mean, I want to just do it just to see what happens. Let's see there. Now, see the point is they're going, look here, ivermectin there. We're going to show you the truth about treatments and what experts have to say. Okay. The World Health Organization advice on treatments. What you need to know. I mean, actually, interestingly enough, this does seem, I'm surprised. I've never even seen it actually. Usually it's like COVID is safe and vaccines work. And it's the dumbest it is. But I don't even need to read this because we're going to get into this in a moment in regard to their statements from the FDA. It's the same stuff where they just go, we don't know for sure where we don't have any evidence to suggest. Yeah, there's a waterfall of peer-reviewed science that says all the things you're pretending aren't there. We'll get to it in a minute. But blocking this, deleting this, hiding this from you. So here's the yesterday's show. This is what they're censoring. I put this out. And it's actually wildly entertaining to see the meltdown of people in the chat. All I said was an Omicron-focused study just found that ivermectin, quote, showed the best result against Omicron. That's exactly what it says. That's why I quoted it right at the bottom. I didn't imply anything other than that. And then I said, how many times can this be openly ignored? Now, that's what they don't like, right? Because they assume what I'm implying. What I'm simply implying is how many times our study is going to point to this being in any way efficacious in regard to COVID and people pretend like it's not there. But of course, they want to assume in so many different ways, many of them not even looking at the link and going, how do you even know? Where's the source material? <laughs> it's just so funny how quickly people do this. But just so you see from yesterday, yes, it's a preprint. The point being, and I'll read my next tweets that it is backing up what everything else is saying. But the ultimate thing was, as they're looking at other treatments in regard to the drug efficacy against Omicron, it says these ones had efficacy while ivermectin showed the best result against Omicron. Now we're going to show you a new study from Japan that came out today, or that I saw today, that came out very recently. I think it was today. The point being, we're talking about Docking in regard to the spike protein. Now, this is or the receptors in regard to H2 and how this works in regard to the infect the infectivity of having COVID-19. And this is what we talk about in regard to the protease inhibitors, and that's what this is about. People, even in the comments, even said, You don't know what you're this is talking about, docking. This is not. Yeah, exactly. That's why it's efficacious against COVID. They didn't read the study, but they pretend I didn't. And you can see, as uh, by the way, the point is I said here, another peer-reviewed study that I'll show you in a second for the heart of research in the comments. And there are many more peer-reviewed studies saying the same and more. You just have to care enough to look. And I followed that up by saying for those utter followers attacking this preprint study in the comments, which only confirms what other preprint studies have repeatedly found, but in regard to Omicron, here is a mainstream reporting, here is mainstream media reporting the same. So you can pretend you always agreed now. Go ahead. Right? Just like with the masks. We always knew cloth masks did work. No, you didn't. You were worrying them right up until you were told not to. Here is the point of today's we'll get to in a second. 
from Reuters. Ivermectin shows antiviral effect against COVID. Even says antiviral. You know, the whole thing is that's the premise of the argument. It's an antiparasitical, you conspiracy theory, antiparasitic. Well, multiple studies have found that it has obvious antiviral effects. They. This is why I put in the in the in the, the title psychosis. Like this is a willful disregard for what we keep finding. And I don't, I'm not even throwing in my lot with this stuff. I'm just simply saying it's amazing that the studies can keep saying that and they just keep pretending like it's not there. But it's just like with masks, just like everything else. Let me just briefly show you a couple of these. No, it wasn't one. Well, I keep posting this throughout here, right? I keep posting this. And what's funny is everyone that's coming in going, that wasn't a published study, nor be, uh, you know, but otherwise great work, like making fun of me. And check out this one. No comment. That paper itself compared protein structures and hypothesizes ivermectin should work, but no evidence that it does. And I said, combined with numerous other period studies, it's clearly the point. No comment, right? I mean, no, it's amazing that people that want to come in here and act like this is wrong, weirdly don't like to comment on the peer-reviewed study that says a multifaceted drug of Nobel Prize winning honor clearly has an effect in the regard you're pretending that it doesn't. It says here, it's a preprint. For all we know, it could have been spot on, flawed information, sketchy, completely fraudulent, right? Nothing. No comment. Doubt the validity of this. Be careful who you listen to. No comment. Right? It's, it, so you guys don't care to go, oh, you wrote, that is actually interesting. No, because they're not actually here to find information. They're here to dismiss things that they're told don't make sense. Here's David pointing out Duke leading national study into ivermectin right now. So too is University of Minnesota, right? Even this FDA is currently in the middle of an investigation to find out if they think it's good, which shows you that that means they don't know, but they're pretending there's nothing else. Here, it, look at that. I didn't even realize that. Ivermectin is trending today. 102 tweets. Probably because these studies are coming out and they're all desperately trying to hide from it. This one says, where was this published? Everyone, please get how to read a paper by this person. Implying that I don't know what I'm talking about. And then I show, how about this one? <laughs> no comment. It's, it's just, it's, it's almost, it's humorous to me. As much as it's sad, these people don't want to read this stuff. Here was one that was really good. I'm going to show you this in a minute. Anyway, the point was there's plenty in here. Oh, this actually, I'm glad I showed you this one. This person says, meanwhile, at Mexico's airport, ZPAC, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine. Now, I mean, I, I haven't peer, uh, confirmed this for myself, but I do know this is sold all over, especially in Mexico. Oh, and this is what the person said. What source is this? And I just simply right there. It's right there. Check out the abstract, pointing the same thing out. Now, one of the points somebody made in the comments was simply that Where was it? Anyway, I'll just keep going forward. Is is simply that this is unconfirmed, inconfirmed, unconfirmed, excuse me. That it does not make sense because it's a peer-reviewed study, even though they're constantly pointing to the same peer-reviewed, uh, excuse me, a preprint study that they're doing in the mainstream all the time. They, we, I, we literally just covered the, C, uh, the CDC in the mainstream using one to argue what they wanted. But because we post one, they just go, they're fake news, preprint, you idiot. Well, how about the fact that we also already had plenty more? And this is what blows my mind. I've shown you guys this many times before we even get into the Japanese one. Ivermectin, a multifaceted drug of Nobel Prize honor distinction with indicated efficacy against the new global scourge, COVID-19. Since March 2020. Don't, uh, and by the way, recognize that that's exactly when these emergencies started. Right when this was being found to be efficacious against the thing that we were trying to fight against. Interesting that Trump rushed into an emergency right when they found that ivermectin was working to stop the thing that they wanted to curt. That's very relevant. When ivermectin was first used against the new global scourge, COVID-19, more than 20 
not observational, not expert opinion, random controlled trials, the gold standard of evidence, more than 20 of them have been tracking such inpatient and outpatient treatments. Six of seven meta-analyses of ivermectin treatments of random controlled trial reporting in 2021, on top of the 20 others, found notable reductions in COVID-19 fatalities with a mean 31% relative risk of mortality versus controls. And that is relative. During mass ivermectin treatments in Peru, excess deaths fell by a mean of 74% over 30 days in its 10 states with the most extensive treatments. Very different than relative, isn't it? An average of 74% de- excuse me, decrease in death. Reductions in death correlated with the extent of ivermectin distributions in all 25 states. Right? This is obvious. Sharp reductions in morbidity using ivermectin were also observed in two animal models of SARS-CoV-2 and, and this is, you realize that they're testing this in animal models of SARS when they were doing SARS-CoV-2 testing and found that it was actually efficacious in the animal models and a related beta coronavirus. And still they kicked it away. The indicated biological mechanism of ivermectin, competitive binding with SARS-CoV-2 spike protein is likely non-epitope specific, possibly yielding full efficacy against emerging viral mutant strains going forward, which by the way, we are seeing happen. People are still using this and it's still working wonders. That's It's all over the place. How can you read something like this and pretend that we're being ridiculous, taking horse paste? Which is old, which remember was the argument. That was the, that's what they were arguing. Really think about how crazy that is that when this started, they were putting forward that this was people taking horse paste. Meanwhile, I'm going to show you in another moment, plenty of doctors were prescribing this. And right now on the mainstream websites, FDA specifically, it literally tells you that if a doctor does prescribe it, then you should do what he says. Oops. Still there right now. We'll show you. I mean, it's just crazy. To prevent getting an infectious disease and having to have you. Oh, that's actually the wrong one. Sorry. I, I was just going lo- to. I love this clip, just the beginning of it, because how, it's really ridiculous. Oh, maybe I got rid of it. I think maybe I did just because it wasn't. They, they remember that clip where we showed you uh, where she's basically saying horse paste. Let's see if I have it still here. Doesn't look like it. No worries. But they, they, the whole point was that they were with Joe Rogan, the whole thing, it just reduced down to this. It's just such a ridiculous argument that was not rooted in any fact. It was all narrative, like everything else they're doing. Yeah, I don't see it. Oh, well. Oh, there it is. So things are clearly bad, but they're being made even worse by people who have refused to take the vaccine and instead are swallowing horse paste. The emergency room in one rural Oklahoma town is being overwhelmed by people overdosing on ivermectin. The horse, which, by the way, if you remember, was verifiably proven to be absolutely made up. The hospital itself spoke up and said, uh, that's not even happening and showed the image they even used on that report and showed that they weren't waiting in line for overdoses. They were waiting in line for testing. Horse paste. Like it, that is the stupidest thing. And here we are at the time when she gave this report that we already knew this information from March, 2020, we already knew that it absolutely had highly efficacious effects on COVID-19. Now, the point here is that if this had been pointed out, and this is why they were desperate to hide it from you, they wouldn't have been allowed to emergency authorize any of the injections. And there goes their entire agenda. It's that simple. 
And it's also why they need to continue to do it now. And that's probably why they're aggressively rushing in the approval for things like Moderna, which we'll get to in a minute, in the face of everything we already know, everything we're talking about, all the VAERS reports and everything that's coming out, myocarditis and everything. The fact that that the injections are literally not, if, if barely not even working, and yet you just approved it. I mean, nothing means anything. They don't even care. They know we see it and they simply don't care. So now I think this is, I mean, I think once they push these things into a certain degree, it doesn't really matter after that, but they're still playing the emergency authorization game still. So they need to hide these from you. So I I already read that to you. This is what I said, basically, for all those in the chat that were screaming that here is the, here is a mainstream article. Japanese trading and pharmaceutical company, Kawa Company Limited, said on Monday, anti-parasite drug ivermectin has been found effective for treating the Omicron variant. For that one person in the chat saying, you don't understand the docking and it's, this is what they're talking about, lady. So learn, okay? It's about tr- effective treatment for Omicron in regards to stop. Remember, that was the whole point about the protease inhibitors and stopping this thing from docking, stopping the, the fight protein itself, which is why they made the pill the same way because they're trying to do that themselves and make it work and make it look like the vaccine. That's my opinion. But they found this in a phase three trial. Reuters reporting this. So it's just kind of funny to me that they lose their minds. I mean, and just look at the engagement on this. And that's the point because it's getting traction. Where is it at now? 1,202 likes, 452 retweets. You know, it's getting places. It's, I mean, obviously it's trending right now. So here, let's do this. Maybe it'll go even further. weird 60 tweets in the last hour that doesn't seem accurate look over here they're, they're so manipulative if you try to hashtag the la- the daily wrap-up by the way which i is very clearly something that should pop up and it used to for me and you can see it pop up and then go away <laughs> nope don't want you to look like you're something but 103 it says right there and look what they're telling you over there they're such liars they're so pathetically desperately trying to hide this stuff from everybody which shows you that they're being dishonest right but where were we Where'd we come back from? Oh, you know, that was the point. Just the attraction on the actual tweet showing you that there, and now people see it and they just want to attack it, right? But then we have a mainstream article that comes out and says the exact same thing. That challenges their entire premise. It has antiviral effects, which we should have already known, which we did. And now here it says the ivermectin showed antiviral effects against Omicron uh, and other coronavirus variants. That's important because it's already showing you their new, now their newest one is showing you it, it also continues to work. Not even their broken thing can do that. Not even their jab can do what ivermectin is already flushing out to do and we already knew that it could do. Now, here is an interesting point, and this is a study we'll show you in a second. Sovereign's pointing out they knew. They knew when they lied. And still, here we are. This leak right here should be the biggest news on the planet and every single person involved should be sweating bullets with the understanding that justice will be swift. Now, here is the reports, and we've actually pointed this in the past. Eagle the Alliance response where was it right here? Ivermectin identified as a curative in April 2020. Hydroxychloroquine, same point, right? I think, I forget, I think this was either Highwire or somebody else that pointed this out. The gene-coded or mRNA vaccines work poorly. <laughs> Great, right? We know all this stuff, but the point is that their documentation makes it very clear that they knew these things and they hid it from you. Here's a study, Ivermectin prophylaxis used in COVID-19, a citywide perspective. It is an observational study, which is important to point out, which they won't do when they're doing it for themselves and will always do. 
But the point is, this is taken in conjunction with the other many peer-reviewed studies. And by the way, this is pointing to 20 random-controlled trials and another six meta-analysis of massive trials. This is all you need right here, guys. And they're tr that's why they pretend it's not there. That's why when I post it 100 times in the chat to all the people pretending like I'm crazy, they just, oh, shoot, <laughs> can't talk about that one. Because it very clearly, it says everything they pretend I don't understand about it. But here's what it finds. First of all, 223,000 subjects, which is the, I mean, you know, pretty pathetic when you look at their, you know, thousand study in Kentucky that makes one thing happen in two weeks. And, you know, just they're, this is what a study looks like. And it's observational, but having it be this large, this wide, and compared with other peer-reviewed science, it's absolutely relevant. Ivermectin has demonstrated different mechanisms of action that potentially protect from both coronavirus disease 2019 and COVID-19-related comorbidities. That's even more interesting. Based on the studies suggesting efficacy and prophylaxis, prophylaxis combined with the known safety profile of ivermectin, a citywide prevention program using ivermectin for COVID-19 was implemented in a southern city in Brazil in the state of Santa Catarina. The objective of the study was to evaluate the impact of regular ivermectin use on subsequent COVID-19 infection and mortality rates. Pretty simple, right? In this large study, the regular use of ivermectin as a prophylactic agent was associated with significantly reduced COVID-19 infection, hospitalization, and death. Pretty simple. Except it's fake news, so we'll completely just ignore it because we don't know how to make it look like fake news. Here's another one. August 21st. Uh, excuse me, August 2021. Ivermectin as a SARS-CoV-2 pre-exposure prophylaxis. So now this is the discussion we're seeing on both sides of this. This is already being shown to be efficacious in just generally keeping you safe from getting sick, but it also is being shown to be something to use as a treatment for those that are already sick. Again, not even something their broken thing can say, can, they argue it can do. And this is for specifically healthcare workers. And again, in a 28 days of the follow-up, a significant protection of ivermectin preventing the infection from SARS-CoV-2 is observed significant protection. Isn't it amazing how we can pretend this isn't real? How are they even possibly, I mean, anybody in this chat that is actually arguing that is either pretending they don't see this stuff or don't care they see it and just going, la, 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 la. I don't want to see it because I already have my mind made up. And that's wild to me. And here's what the FDA website says. Why you should not use ivermectin to treat or prevent COVID-19 despite the peer-reviewed science. Make sure you conclude that in your mind. Despite the 20 different random control trials that say the same, despite the six meta-analyses that say the same, despite the two current studies that just came out that say the same, despite every other one besides the one we, that combines them all that also say the same. Other than that, though, we don't know for sure, right? That's their argument. Let me prove it to you. Here's what we don't, here's what we need you to know. Here's what you need to know. They say, the FDA has not authorized or approved ivermectin for use in preventing or treating COVID in human or animals which is true. Ivermectin is approved for human use to treat infections caused by some parasitic worms and head lice and conditions. And okay, right there, plenty of people on the Twitter's first are that they don't want to hear either. It's horse paste. It's only for horses. That's what, because that's what the news told them and they loved it, but they don't want to hear that. But once they finally learn it, they go, but it's not even approved for COVID except all because you trust the FDA because clearly they care about you. I can't believe you still believe that. Cur I mean, again, all of the science backs up what we're saying. Currently available data, you mean this or this or this? So currently available data do not show ivermectin is effective against COVID-19. Blatant lie. 
absolute misrepresentation, and they know that, which needs to reflect on what the FDA is to you. Are you really pretending that they don't know about 20 random controlled trials from March 24 or the other six meta-analyses from 2021? I mean, if you really believe they don't know about this stuff, then that's incredible. That means that they are the most incompetent organization in history because that's exactly what they're supposed to be doing. And they go, we don't know. There's not there. There's nothing there. So we don't know for sure. Then they go on to say that their clinical trials are currently assessing ivermectin tablets for prevention of COVID-19. Oh, I see. So they're doing their own little version of it and they're doing their own little trials of it. Or you could take that as just using tablets that are available, but it's interesting the way they frame it specifically. But nonetheless, the point is they're trialing it and all they're acting like is their trial is the only thing that counts. How much you want to bet they're going to end up finding something that disagrees with all the other peer-reviewed science, just like what the CDC keeps doing. And then pretending like their very quick flash in a pan, short, isolated, subjective study trumps all of the previous random controlled trials, which is ridiculous. Then it says, if your healthcare provider writes you an ivermectin prescription, now pay attention out there, fill it through a legitimate source, like a pharmacy. Well, where else would you fill it? Like they're trying to pretend like they're going to go to a feed store. It's a healthcare provider writing you a prescription. And again, take note of the picture. That was the whole point of why I use that today. Like, why would you include this? This has nothing to do with horses. You're talking about treatments for people and ivermectin, which is used for people. Why even include that picture? Because there's an agenda. But it says, if your healthcare provider writes you an ivermectin prescription, fill it through a source like like a pharmacy and take it exactly as prescribed. Okay, so are you? what are we talking about here? Joe Rogan got it from a doctor. He proved that on the show. People like, uh, what's her name there? Horse paste. Clearly didn't care to look into it. Just wanted to say the narrative. They would argue that you're a crazy moron for taking any ivermectin right now. But you realize that like aspirin and many other things in the world of the subjective medical field, people, doctors prescribe things off label all the time. Only in COVID clown world is this, and only in this context of this treatment for COVID has this been flipped over on his ear. Even as their own website says, take it as they tell you to, if a doctor says so. Meanwhile, the media is saying they're all crazy. If a doctor does that, fire them. And actual hospitals are getting rid of doctors that do it, even though the FDA site says it's okay. This is the broken thing that COVID has created in every aspect of our lives. But it says, when can, ta- when can taking ivermectin be unsafe? Again, so the argument in the mainstream world would be that it's dangerous, that we have it, we don't even know. All they have to say about it is it hasn't been authorized or approved. That's it. Ivermectin is not shown to be safe because we have not said it is. That's it. Meanwhile, we have plenty of evidence that shows that it's safe and effective, actually, not the, lar- the, the narrative citation they throw at you in the injection world. This is clearly actually safe and effective because the science has repeatedly found it as such. But trust the science, right, guys? Here's another point. As that's the case, right, as we're finding out in current real time with the new studies that it is effective, well, Australia just goes aggressively the other direction because that's what they do. It says, all the great people who introduced the Nobel Prize winning drug ivermectin are now declared poison makers by the Australian government. Check this out. They use the Drugs, Poisons, and Controlled Substances Act of 1881 with an amendment in October 21st, 2021 to literally add ivermectin to a poison control list. This is not a joke. It says... The use or supply of poisons or controlled substance, uh, substance ivermectin in Victoria 
in accordance with the terms and conditions attached for a period of 12 weeks. And the point is they list off all things that are poison and list treatment for COVID-19. And of course, they go on to say, oh, you can only use it for these things down here. In fact, you know, which, by the way, I find it pretty interesting. Let me make sure I didn't I just skip the wrong spot. An indication accepted, right? It says is restricted to the circumstances listed below. So that's what you can use it for. Ivermectin is a preparation of oral administration, human use, treated by sale for restricted to, uh, or an indication that is, is not an approved indication. Okay, so that's the point. So the infectious diseases. Sorry, I just was doing that for me. I was just skimming through it. But the bottom line is they list off what they say you can use it for, which are the things they claim they've approved it for, and then list off things you can't. And the bottom line is they say if you use this to treat COVID, it's a poison and you can get in trouble. That's as we are seeing worldwide massive trials coming out showing you the opposite. I just don't know if I can get much more stupid than that. Now, pulling this over into remdesivir, which is the same thing here, guys, I find this to be perfectly correlated. They're playing games with the approval versus emergency authorization, hiding behind that, or pretending they've approved things. And in this case, guys, this is going to blow your minds. This is unreal to me. If you didn't know, they already emergency authorized the use of something that is verifiably dangerous for infants that only that simply test positive for COVID-19. And they, they say have a high risk of getting sick, even though obviously they don't. You're 19, one in a million chance of dying down to an infant. I mean, it's non-existent. It's non-existent for the 19-year-old. It's non-existent for them. Even the CDC lists children as 0% risk, statistically speaking. So here we are where they're going, yeah, but give, let's give them a drug that killed 53% of people that took it in the trial, which I'll show you in a second, because that's the only thing that works. Well, that's their argument. Now, here is what this actually says. We'll just read this first. Updated emergency use authorization for treatment of coronavirus disease in pediatric patients weighing 3.5 kilograms to less than 40 with positive result, right? So they, they, get, they tell them they're sick. And if they have a high risk, they treat them with what is now called Vecluri. Uh, now remember, it's only called Vecluri once it's quote-unquote approved. If it's not approved, it's remdesivir. That's the same thing. Just like Spike Vax is now the Moderna. And I'll show you that now, the one they said they approved, because that just like Comirnaty is supposed to be Pfizer. And it's not something they just discovered. They had this name picked when this started, just like the rest of them. So now that they say it's approved, and I'll show you what the, why that is, it's Vicluri. Now, the point is that they approved it for everybody now but these infants. Here's what it says. Gilead's remdesivir brand Vicluri was approved by the FDA on January 21st for adults and pediatric patients. So they're already allowing people to use this dangerous substance on pediatric patients as long as they weigh over 40 kilograms, which is disgusting to me. I mean, not, I mean, it just frustrates I mean, for, for so many reasons, it makes me so upset to think about this because the idea, first of all, all they're doing is giving them a test that says they're sick with a high false positive rate when they are quite literally the lowest risk on the planet of something that's not risking for most people. And yet you're going to give them something that, I mean, it's just, it, it boils my blood. But here's the point of what we're saying. So it's approved. Well, they're claiming one part of this is approved. Now I'm going to go ahead and jump ahead and tell you right now, they're already playing the game by going, but 
since we've already got so much product in existence, let's go ahead and use that first. So the whole point being is whatever they apply to this when things are approved, which means that you can sue them for things that happen, that doesn't apply to the emergency authorization. See how that works? Just like with the community. They're pretending it's approved, even though they did technically say it's approved, and it is in a back room somewhere, if they're even making it. But they're still dumping on people the emergency authorized substance while pretending that is the same thing. They tell you it's legally distinct. And that's why they say legally distinct, because you can't sue them if you die from that product. But you can for an approved product. But as RFK pointed out, once they get this thing approved for children, the injection, it's all off the table. The whole thing goes off the table. Everything will be, they'll have indemnity for everything. But it says here, emergency use of Gilead's remdesivir, brand named Valkyrie, for treatment of COVID in pediatric patients weighing 3.5 to less. And then with positive results, hospital uh, have to mild disease are at high risk and progression includes, uh, oh, it's basically saying we've emergency authorized it. Okay, so the point that I highlighted here, on January 21st, 2022, okay, so la- uh, 10 days ago, the FDA revised the emergency use authorization for the clury. So, excuse me, did you just say the clury? So, you, and I'll make this clear in the rest of the document. It's not called the clury if it's emergency authorized. I mean, I'm, I'll just jump right to it. I mean, it says it's very clear. You can see that this is the one that's previously authorized for emergency use. It only says remdesivir. And there's two versions of it. I'll explain that when I get to it. But up here, you can see the one that's supposedly approved. That's the clury. You see how see the difference? So explain for me why on the very front page, it says that the, the FDA revised the emergency authorization for the clury, which now authorizes the clury for use by healthcare providers to treat COVID-19 in pediatric patients weighing 4.5 or less. Okay, that's exactly the point. The less, the 3.5 or less, it says right here is the emergency authorized version. The approved is for right here, 12 years of age or older and weighing at least 40 kilograms. Do you not realize, I mean, that is crazy to me that on the same page, even they contradict themselves. They're telling you this is the one that's approved at 12 and up. And right down here, it says emergency authorized the clury for people under. What? And less than 12. It's right there. I don't even understand that. I don't know. I mean, that's clearly not a typo. Let's keep going and you'll see what I mean. This is the whole thing. They're obviously, in my opinion, desperately trying to conflate emergency authorization with approval to where it just becomes so meaningless that we don't even think about it anymore. You can't use that term if it's emergency authorized. And I, they're clearly doing something fishy right here. Fishy as hell. Here was what it says below that. Only Gilead's McClurry for injection is authorized for emergency use under the terms and conditions set forth by the letter of authorization for the emergency authorization, emergency use authorization. How does that even make sense? Only the clurry, which is only what you say when it's approved, is authorized. It doesn't make sense. Tell me if I'm missing something. The safety of effic- the safety and efficacy of the clurry, the approved version, to treat COVID in pediatric patients weighing 3.5 or less with positive result of COVID-19 viral testing has not been established. I mean, this says right here in plain English that exactly what the other points we keep making, 
the safety and efficacy of the clery, the very thing they're telling you is approved and being used in emergency authorized for tiny infants under 3.5 kilograms, the safety and efficacy of that for the young children, the specific ones they're using emergency authorization to use them on, has not been established. And the clery is not FDA approved for this use. Do you see what I'm saying? The paragraph right above that says the clery in in emergency authorization context. And then the next paragraph, it says that the the clery to treat these kids in under that weight is not FDA approved and they haven't established the safety. Now, another side point, before I keep pointing out how ridiculously contradictory this is, realize what they're admitting right there. The same thing you should know if you simply look up the definitions on their website or you watch this show, which is that if it's emergency authorized, it means by definition that the, make this easy and clear as I say it, the safety and efficacy of the clery to treat COVID-19 in pediatric patients, specifically weighing 3.5 to 40 kilograms, has not been established. That's what emergency authorized means. It means by definition, they haven't established the safety. What it means, and this is why they continue to use safe and effective so aggressively, is that they believe that the, that the risks the, the, the risks of not taking it outweigh the unknown risks of, or excuse me, that the, say, the known risks of the actual thing you're giving them are not enough to outweigh the risks of COVID even though that by definition means they don't know the risks in full of either side of that equation. And this has been said in every possible context and it's not approved in for those children. Okay, let's keep going because it, it just continues to contradict itself. Right here it says, Gilead's Vaclury, which means the approved version, has been manufactured for use under emergency authorization. So that the point there is saying that we've already got this thing out there by trying to conflate this with the other version, and they've just made it under emergency authorization. Well, no, if you've made it under emergency authorization, it wouldn't be called the clury. As such, the clury has different packaging, labeling, and expiration dates depending on the state of manufacture. Packaging and labeling for Gilead's remdesivir emergency authorization use may not necessarily include the brand name Vaclury, which, by the way, implies that it might. But again, that's illegal. I mean, literally illegal. It's against the law for them to put McClurry on the emergency authorized package. So, well, why would they say it may not necessarily? Guys, this is a willful effort to make this undefined. I don't know how we can see it any other way. To help avoid potential drug shortage, hospitals should continue to use all unexpired, and here's the point, unopened vials of Gilead's remdesivir, which is the emergency authorized name, whether or not the vials include the name McClurry. Or is labeled for emergency authorization. See what I'm saying? They're very clearly differentiating these two, but the last six paragraphs we read are conflating them in every possible way. I mean, I'm just baffled by how stupid this is. But there's the clear point that I'm making today. They want everybody, and they're instructing everybody to keep using whatever you've got on hand and just tell them it's the one that's approved, even though it's very clearly not. Legally distinct. Current packaging variations for the two formulations are described below. Again, making it very clear that they're very two different things. Now, in this case, make it clear that there are two different kinds in any sense. So approved or not, there's a powdered version and there's a, a vialed version. 
And weirdly enough, it says very says clearly the solution, the one that is an actual solution, not the powder, should only be used in 12 or older or 40 kilograms or more, which interesting. I don't know how much you want to bet that gets mixed up all the time. One has a red cap, one has a blue cap. And then here's those pictures. So here we are. Where this says McClurry injection, which is supposed to be the approved, now approved by the FDA for use in accordance with the prescribing information. Okay, and that's the one that says the clurry, right? You can see it. Red being powder, blue being the vial of the of liquid, right? It's pretty clear. Down here, then again it says the clurry. Like you see what I'm saying? Even these don't say that. Either that's an accident that they continually make because even they're confused by this, or they're again absolutely trying to conflate these ideas. They say Viclury injection and Viclury for injection powder previously authorized for emergency use. Frustrating. But they're very clearly different. Then it says down here, under the emergency use authorization, the prescribing healthcare provider and or the provider's designee are is responsible for mandatory reporting of all serious adverse events and medication errors potentially related to Viclury treatment within seven calendar days of the healthcare provider's awareness of the event using FDA forms. Which, by the way, I don't know how they would know after seven days if they sit there for 15 minutes and go home. Or, you know, in the sense of however they do this stuff. I mean, that arguably, I guess, in many cases, they're in the hospital when this is given. But healthcare providers must report all serious adverse events and medication errors to the FDA when utilizing Viclury under emergency authorization. What? You see what I'm saying? Like, that is ridiculous. They know that, and they don't care. Now, here, going down into the information below, it lists off the actual breakdown of the information and the difference, the differentiation between. Now, note over here on the product, it says, labeled for emergency use. And then it says, real clear, do not include the brand name, or does not. The cartons do not, and that's labeled for emergency use, which is these. You could see very clearly. This is the best example right here. Then down here, it says FDA approved will include the name. Very simple. But then look what it says next to it. This says the label for emergency use continue to use in adults. Well, we know that because they're gonna, they want them to keep using it as if, it's, as if it's the same. But then down here, it says pediatric patients weighing 3.5 to less than 40, which oh, well, I, I take that back actually, because that's that weird window from, so, so a lower than 3.5. No, that does say weighing 3.5 to less than 40, which by the way, is what it says right there. Two, three point. Yeah. Cause I was right. Okay. 3.5 to less than 40. That's the emergency authorized version. That's what they say right there. That's the only version that's emergency authorized. So they say, so why exactly would it say Oh no, see, that's why I was mixed up. So this is the, sorry to be confusing. It says it on the next one, you'll see. (laughs) This is the point that's supposed to be connected with the emergency authorization. Then it goes on to simply say, continue to use in these groups because they want you to keep using that version. But here's my point. See, it says very clearly, less than, FDA approved. It's saying use in pediatric patients weighing less than 40 kilograms. But it says very clearly that that's the only thing that that's not approved for. Right there, weighing older or weighing at least 40 is what it's approved for. You know what this is going to do, guys? People, healthcare people are going to look at this and are going to give babies under 40 kilograms the very thing that says they're not supposed to give it to them. 
mark my words, because it lists it right there. That's what they're going to look at, and they're going to do it anyway. And we're the ones that are being dangerous. This is wildly dangerous. Not even to mention that it is dangerous in and of itself, which we'll get to at the end. Last parts of this, indication. It says, Vicluri is indicated for the treatment of COVID-19 in adults and pediatric patients 12 years or older and weighing over 40. It's right there, plain as day. But that's not what it says, right there. Less than, oops, was it a typo? Probably not. Down here, hypersensitive, it says warnings and precautions. This is what this can do to you, well, at least what they're admitting, which is never the full picture. Hypersensitivity, including infusion-related and anaphylactic reactions, has been observed during the following administration of Lecluri. Most occur within one hour. Wow. Anaphylactic shocks in one hour, okay. Symptoms may include hypotension, hypertension, tachycardia, which I forget what that was again. Somebody mentioned that in the chat. Uh, bradycardia, hypoxia, very relevant. Fever, dys- dyspnea, also very relevant. Wheezing, very relevant. Uh, Agenoedemia, uh, rash, nausea, diaphores- diaphoresis, and shivering. Now, the reason that everything relating to your breathing is very important is, is what the New England Journal of Medicine random controlled trial found, and you'll see it next. Increased risk of transaminous elevations. Now I had to look this one up. This apparently is in regard to liver dysfunction, which also seems very relevant. Don't forget where one of the places that seemed to be building up with the lipid nanoparticles was just was seen liver reproductive organs. So what this is saying, and that's in regard to the injections, not, not remdesivir, but what's saying is this is interesting and that this is saying this is also what it can cause. Transaminous elevations have been observed in healthy volunteers and patients with COVID-19 who received Vicluri. These elevations have also been reported as a clinical feature of COVID-19. Now, why would they include that? This study has nothing to do with, I mean, other than the fact that they're talking about something they're approving to give to people that have COVID-19, why would you make the argument when you're listing off things that remdesivir can cause, that but, but COVID could do it too, I mean, really take a minute and think about that for a second. Someone says accelerated heart rate. That's actually relevant. That's tachycardia. Think about that for a second. Why would you say that? Why would it be relevant to list off that COVID could cause the same things that remdesivir could cause? I mean, from a statistical, scientific standpoint, the only reason that actually makes sense to them is because you're trying to give already an example of what else could be doing what's causing what we're talking about. Well, well, COVID could do it too. Therefore, you're going to conflate COVID... I mean, really think about that. I, that blows me away. They do this everywhere now. That has no that has no place in this study about what remdesivir can cause in people that's disconnected from COVID nineteen. Then on, I, guess, I mean, the only way you could argue it is if they're pointing to people that had COVID that got given this and they were in the hospital and they had this problem and they're going, but COVID could cause it too. But my point is that that doesn't seem to be valid up until COVID started. In regard to so many things, I'm going to make this point in a second. Also, in regard to, what was it? It wasn't myocarditis. That was a point we just made the other day. We'll get to it. It's right up here next. I can see it. In the, in the, I don't want to jump over to it, though. But myocarditis was one of those where, weirdly enough, the term myocarditis exploded right when the injection started to be given. Weird that during 2020, it wasn't being talked about, even though they claim it's such a big problem with COVID. Weird, right? Adverse reactions. Here's what's funny. The most common adverse reaction, they claim, is nausea. That's the most common. Sure, that may, you could say that about anything, except that's the gist of what they actually list for you. Finally, drug interactions. 
as they give this to you with all kinds of other things, including injections that you just took, drug interaction, trials of aclury, and other concomitant, medica concomitant medications have not been conducted in humans, just like every other part of this. So when, you're got, you, when you got your injection and then you get sick a week later and pretend it's COVID and then go in, well, that's dangerous because the aclury, which they're going to give you, could hurt you. You know why? Because they don't know. I mean, they, that they don't know is their core argument for everything COVID. Love how it doesn't apply when it works when it's something they don't want you to think about. Finally, same point, pregnancy and lactation, right? So they're going to pressure this on everybody that they want to give it to because it's emergency authorized, which means it's safe and effective, even though that's literally not what it means. A pregnancy registry has been established. There are insufficient human data on the use of a clury during pregnancy. Well, that doesn't stop them from using it. And you know what? It's already happening. Lactation. It's also not known whether Verclury can pass all these things on to breast milk into their children. Just like with the injections, they don't know, which I've proven to you a thousand times over. Well, here's the main point, guys. In the study, and I, I sh actually, I should have included this. I'll, I'll remember to grab it before we finish. Dr. Artis and I had a great interview about this. This is a New England Journal of Medicine study. Sorry, I want to get the homepage going. A random controlled trial, and this was Ebola at the time, and they were using it to find out whether it was, you know, a useful, efficacious, specifically remdesivir. Now, this, there's no way to misunderstand this. Now, you can see this compared with ZBAP, remdesivir, Regeneron. Here's the main point. Well, you can see that the, the listing says number of deaths slash total percentage. Very clear. Overall, it says, for let's say ZMAP first, 84 deaths out of 100. And then it was, uh, uh, oh, 84 out of 169. And that is 49.7%. Very clear. Patients with high viral loads, 60 out of 71, 84. Okay, here's remdesivir. Jumping right to the right. Out of they had 93 deaths out of 175. That accounts for 53.1%. 53%. I mean, that's as plain as day. You can go over here and look at the other ones as well, right? I mean, here you can very clearly see the difference. Here is, you know, uh, these things together, and it shows negative 14. Anyway, the point is 53%. That's remdesivir, as plain as day. Now, there's plenty of other studies that have found and shown that this thing is not even remotely what they would pretend ivermectin is not, or plenty of other things. But why would this make sense? Why would they use something that the previous study Where's the close button? There it is. A previous study that was conducted in 2019, right before this. Valid information. Why would they pretend it doesn't exist? I think there's a very clear... Now, we could get into subjective points and literally argue that there's a choice being made here. Now, I know a lot of people that don't want to see that would pretend that's conspiracy theory. But we have to realize how many choices have been made along this path that have been not just the wrong choice, but the only, the, the, if you, let's just say it was the best possible choice. If your goal was to get people sick, I mean, endless from masks to lockdowns to stopping vitamin D from being used for any virus. It's crazy time in every way. I mean, it, it directly contradicts everything that meant anything right before COVID-19 with no new evidence. I mean, it's absolutely psych. It's, I mean, this is where psychosis seems to come in. Now, the point being, it's dangerous. Based on this study that's peer-reviewed from the New England Journal of Medicine, 
Then you can go back and look at all the other information and realize not only are they trying to conflate who it's being used with and why, as they pretended to prove, but still use the emergency authorization so you can't sue them, as they jam this in the arms of little children, even the one that they literally say shouldn't be used on them, or the other one, who cares, who are literally at the lowest risk of anybody on the planet. I don't see, this is villainy to me, especially as they're right now ignoring the evidence coming out about things that they could use for people that might actually want to. Even back from before, telling you in every way it works in the ways they tell you it doesn't. Guys, it's just never been more clear. Now, in the same vein of discussion, many of you probably already saw as well that Moderna, out of nowhere, announces full U.S. approval, because that's totally a thing, right? Full approval, because they were only kind of approved before. No, they were emergency authorized. So they went from emergency authorized to full approval. Well, full in- implies some sort of other step before it. Half, quarter approval, full approval, right? I mean, you know my point. I'm just being funny. This is stupid. It's ignorant, and they know they don't either. Now, my point is they don't even have any clue that's ignorant. They actually think that's something because they've been told it's something, because that's how these people are used. January 31st, 2022. It says Moderna announced Monday that U.S. health regulators granted full approval, full approval to its COVID-19 vaccine, a shot that's been given to tens of millions of Americans since its emergency authorization a year ago. Yeah, and it seemingly hurt a lot of people, right? This is the information that's everywhere today and why Denmark's rolling it back and why UK's rolling it back and why everybody's being shown that they're spreading it more than anybody and it's not even applying to Omicron and they're making new injections for it and Everything you want to look at is showing you that they know this isn't having the effect they wanted to, yet they approve it anyway, based on the original strain. That's the craziest part to me. This is a, an injection that I'll prove to you is the same one. The spike backs is mRNA-1273. It's the first one. It is literally the very first thing they made. That's the first thing that China sent the genetic sequence that then they used. And I might as well just grab that since I've shown you that. It's always interesting for people to not see this who haven't, unless they've taken this down now. I think that was the one. Let's see. Yep. I love how now this used to be just one open page. And now they make you hit this show more button like 45 times to get down. <laughs> Look, and it barely moves like an inch every time. And it's so funny. Okay, there we go. Finally. And you can see at the bottom, it says January 11th, 2020. Right. At a time when we were pretending we didn't know what was going on. Trump says they should have let us know. Yeah, at that time, they totally knew because they were already talking about it, as we now know, and they were already taking action and they were already selling stocks and changing hands. And we we didn't know. Yeah, Trump knew. And it's time for you guys to recognize that if you don't want to hear it. But January 11th, Chinese authorities shared genetic sequence of the novel coronavirus. January 20th. Now, I wanted to grab. Yeah, just so we could play this, too. And why has the data not been shared? No, they didn't isolate as a virus. That's the issue. No, they didn't isolate as a virus. That's the issue. Now, the point there, you can argue they did afterward. I've never seen evidence of that. The point is, that's what he's talking about. Why haven't you shared the data about this? Because they didn't isolate it. On January 11th, they sent genetic sequence. That's it. They didn't know. Nothing was isolated. Two days later, January 13th, the NIH and infectious disease research team finalized the sequence for mRNA-1273. It took two days from having a computer screen of, of information pop up. That's it, two days. And they already had it. And since then, it's not changed, at least so we're told. The first clinical batch of that was completed 
25 days later. Then on February 24th, they'd already shipped their first batch. But so the idea is after two days of getting a computer screen genetic code, this has been the same thing based on the original Wuhan coronavirus strain. And it's not, and, and that makes no sense whatsoever. We all know that now. They're all telling you that now. Even the opening clip where we talked about the fact that Dr. Ryan Cole is telling you that this, this is what happens. When you produce something that's making antibodies for something that's not there, it's actually dangerous. You play it again. We know those signals from SARS-CoV-1. We've seen this in, in cat coronavirus vaccines where cats ended up with this horrible inflammation swelling of the stomach and about 30% of the cats died. So we know once you prime somebody with an antibody and that antibody is good, great. But if you prime them with an antibody that is not good, sit back and pull out the popcorn because we're going to be seeing something horrific happening immunologically to a pop. Now, also recognize that we've already I've already seen this kind of circulating circulating again recently, but it's this weird version where it only clips out Fauci and pretends like he just said it. But here's the clip of Fauci back in, I think, 2020 saying this in an interview with Facebook or specifically, you know, Mr. Meta. But He's saying exactly the same thing and telling you we're never going to know until we kick it into the population and find out. And guess what? We are finding out, and now they're hiding it. There's another element to safety, and that is if you vaccinate someone and they make an antibody response and then they get exposed and infected, does the response that you induce actually enhance the infection and make it worse? And the only way you'll know that is if you do an extended study, not in a normal volunteer who has no risk of infection, but in people who are out there in a risk situation. This would not be the first time, if it happened, that a vaccine that looked good in initial safety actually made people worse. Exactly. And now when you bring up that possibility, they look at you like you're crazy. Like, what a crazy conspiracy theorist. That's not even possible. Except it clearly is, and he told you it was before this started. Isn't that funny? Like, really, go on, go online and even talk about that, and they'll act like you're an absolute lunatic. Even Fauci will downplay it today, despite him telling you that that's something we need to be careful about, right? That's the reality. Antibody-dependent enhancement is absolutely happening. As we've shown you many times, that's actually something that is openly been put out. I forget which one that one was called. I'm suddenly blanking on that. What was that called? Shoot. Oh, that's what it was. I got it. I'm surprised I forgot that. You guys have seen me show this a million times. So this is also important. If we're talking about this very topic, in back in December 2020, and then peer-reviewed March 2021, informed consent disclosure to vaccinate subjects of, you know, with COVID-19 and, and worsening their clinical disease. What did they find? Back in December 2020, they found very clearly that these injections, like, and it, they basically said whether or not they're protein, viral vector, DNA, RNA, irrespective of delivery method, they may worsen COVID-19 disease via antibody-dependent enhancement. That's, that was what they found. And then I have to read this in its entirety. You don't, you, and I always say this, these these studies, you rarely find such definitive language. It says the specific and significant COVID-19 risk of antibody dependent enhancement. And then why the way they mean that is in you get the injection and then come into contact with COVID-19 and it hurts you. That should have been and should be prominently independently disclosed to research subjects currently in the trials 
as well as those being recruited for trials and people taking the injection after it's approved, which is where we are, in order to meet the medical ethics standard of patient comprehension for informed consent. That's wildly definitive, peer-reviewed science. And yet, they act like that's not even true. Antibody-dependent enhancements, not, it's totally fake news, totally unconfirmed. It's obvious, and it's happening, and it's significant and, signif- and, and specific, and they're telling you that unless you knew about that, you are not informed, cons- you didn't meet informed consent. They lied to you. They hid things from you. You're in danger, is the point. And they're telling you, based on what we just played, those clips, that that is possible, and it is happening. And that's what Dr. Cole is telling you, that we're getting injections that are making antibodies that aren't what we currently should be getting, if you even believe that it's happening the way they tell you it is. It's absolutely staggering. We'll come back to this too. Here's the study specifically about spike facts that makes it very clear that these studies that they conducted on this to make to, to tell you the numbers they're touting as safe based on the initial Wuhan isolate still is, just like all the others, which means it's not only not working, it's actually dangerous for you. Now, finishing this, the decision bolstered by real-world evidence, they say, Oh, the, the, the where I left off. The action of the FDA means the agency has completed the same rigorous, time-consuming review of Moderna shots as dozens of other long-established vaccines. That's blatantly false. The average before COVID-19 clown world was about 24 months. Or in no way, any no stretch of the imagination was this 24 months. So they're lying to you. As you, anybody honest can tell you that. The decision was bolstered, of course, by real-world evidence, they say, which means they let they tested it on you. It's time to recognize that. From more than 200 million doses administered in the world. That was their point. That's how you were, you were part of the real-world experiment. It says the FDA granted full approval of Pfizer's vaccine last August. It's just so stupid. They, I mean, the point is, here's full approval. And... You know, you'll get the occasional use, very minimal, right? Six, nothing, like an entire year or whatever time frame. Because, you know, in any, imagine random context where the kind, the word full approval would actually make sense. And that's what happened all the way up until weird, right? About March 2021, that term just suddenly made sense to people, right? 2004, it goes all, all the way from, you know, you can go back as long as you want. The term full approval is meaningless in the context of COVID-19 and any other FDA approved anything. It's a lie. And that's how this proves it to you, that they suddenly started using that term the moment that they wanted you to think it was fully approved because they're conflating the ideas. And just to make it clear, how about we also include fully approved? Here's full approval. Here's fully approved. Weird how it's the exact same thing, right? Just like with myocarditis and every other lie they want to shove in your face. It shows you people weren't saying it until they wanted you to say it because it doesn't mean anything. It's a meaningless statement trying to conflate ideas. Public health advocates initially hoped the regulatory distinction would boost public confidence, meaning once they said approved, they hoped you'd all think it was safe. And guess what? No discernible bump in vaccinations, even though the media lied to you about that. Remember, they swore up and down that once that happened, everyone's getting it now. You dumb gabacky boxer. Just like every other lie they fed, they, they fed you. But it says which was heavily promoted by Biden and other officials, says the FDA, like regulators in Europe and elsewhere, initially allowed emergency use of Moderna's vaccine based on a study that tracked 44,000 people. Oh, that's right, though. That amounted to about 160 events, though. Don't forget about that. They always keep that from you because that's all they got because they admitted that it was such a small risk. And that's what they said in the study, that all they could get was 160 events of people getting sick out of all of them. And that was the gist of your study. 
but they love touting that 44,000 number, don't they? And guess how long they did it for? Oh my gosh, for at least two months. Wow, that's a quite a study, isn't it? Safety for two months. Well, interesting how that stops right before the three-month time frame when they're going to start to get really sick, right? I'm sure that's just by coincidence. And it, what's funny is they make sure to include, well, that's the time period when serious effects usually come up, right? Which is the opposite of what they say in the media, which is 15 minutes or a day. Anything that happens after a day, you dumb conspiracy theorists, is not even related. Well, then, when see, that's what they, they argue anything if it's what they want you to say in the moment. Then on the other side of it, when they want you to realize that after three months is where you shouldn't look, they go, oh, well, it's only for two months. <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. They say whatever they want to say, whenever they want to say it. It means nothing until it means everything. It's ridiculous. Three months is the moment when your injection risk skyrockets. And that's why they cut it off after two. The U.S. Moderna, uh, it, you, in the U.S., Moderna is used only by adults. The company has la said last fall that the FDA has delayed deciding whether to clear 12 to 17. Okay, well, that doesn't end in this. Why, remember? Because of the risk of heart inflammation seen in young men and boys. So we're admitting this risk is there, and we're not letting these people get it, even though, don't forget that all the studies reporting this are showing very clearly that it's not 12 to 17. It's 12 to something like 64, and it's a very serious risk for all of them. But so they go, oh, but just the note that 18 and older then. So what about the 18 to 64s that you're still giving that risk to? Shh, don't talk about that. Johnson Johnson has not yet applied for full approval. Guess what, though? AP medical writer Lauren Neerregard, which, by the way, we've seen tow lines all over the place since it started, contributed. So just take note of how this medical writer has no idea what they're talking about if they continue to use the word full approval like it means something, because it doesn't. Now, here is, just to make it clear, spike vax, which is what they're calling this, just to make sure so we're clear, is Moderna mRNA-1273. That's what it is. Not changed, in, at least so we're told. It's the same thing from day one, based on the original Wuhan coronavirus strain. Now, every possible mainstream outlet you'll see will say full approval, full FDA approval, full FDA approval, full FDA approval, full, full, fully approved. Again, recognizing how dumb that is because they're the ones making that something because it never was before. But here is what they're pretending is safe and effective as they fully approve it. So far, there's been reports. Now, this is all of them, mind you, but including Moderna and Pfizer, which are the top of the list of the danger right now. 22,607 deaths have been reported after injection. Sure, some of them could be unlinked. Some of them could be coincidental. But guess why we don't know which ones? They've never chosen to dive into it. 22,607 reported deaths after injection. The, I mean, it's not like 90% of all the reports in the entire system that's been around for 20 years are all in COVID-19 right now. And all they're going to do is pretend it's not there. 121,000 hospitalizations after injections, 115,000 urgent care, 166,000 doctor visits, almost 9,000 anaphylaxic, 13,000 Bell's palsy. And then it just gets way worse the more you go into it. 11,000 heart attacks, 29,000 myocarditis, unreal. Here's what the CDC, or excuse me, CNN has to say. Might as well be the same thing. Full FDA approval. Full. Moderna's COVID vaccine has received full approval from the FDA, according to the FDA and Moderna. <laughs> I love that. Oh, you just, did you? <laughs> so the FDA and Moderna says, CNN's, this is fact. Thanks, guys. This is what they said. Journalism. The vaccine named SpikeVax is now approved for use. Oh, you left out the full approval in there. In ages 18 and older. 
and it's not approved or authorized for use in younger individuals. Why is that exactly? Right? Isn't it safe and effective? Because they know it's hurting people in those age groups. So also make sure we're aware that they did, they're admitting to you without saying it that they, myocarditis is risky enough to where we're not going to let kids take it. Even while they're actually still giving kids it under emergency authorization, under a guise that it's safe and effective. That is ridiculous. There is no difference between the approved vaccine and the vaccine previously available through emergency authorization. Yeah, there really is, though. And the difference is that you can't sue them if you get sick or die with the emergency version. And that's their bread and butter right now. And that's why they're towing that line. Because if you jump over here, they'll clearly tell you this. Coronavirus update. FDA takes key action by approving second injection. Today, the FDA administered approved a second vaccine. Note that they don't say fully approved even here. Isn't that funny? The, the vaccine has been known as Moderna. The approved injection will be marketed as Spike Vax for prevention of COVID-19 and only 18 or older. Spike Vax meets the FDA's rigorous standards for safety, effectiveness, and manufacturing quality required by approval. Oh, does it now? Right? The rigorous safety standard. Did you, nor, did you even meet the average time frame? You usually, no, not even close. So how did you re, meet, the, re, the, meet the rigorous standard? They're just saying that because that's what people want to hear. And effectiveness, it's currently about 36% in Omicron world. How in the world is that effective? You see what I mean? Like this is, this is pointing at information from last year because that's how long this is. They've been looking into this. They're looking at studies from the beginning, from the 44,000 people they looked at with 160 events and some time frame after that. I'm not even making this up, guys. This is ridiculous. This is blatantly, this is like the CDC pointing to a time when most people were unvaccinated to argue that everybody, it's a pandemic of the injected or uninjected. Spike Vax has the same formulation as the EUA Moderna injection, which I guess we'll take the word for that. Spike Vax can be used interchangeably, here you go, with the emergency authorized. Now, that is not even remotely true because you are losing your ability to sue them if you use one versus the other. Also, then recognize that you're not going to be getting Spike Vax. You're going to be getting the Moderna mRNA-1273. Mark my words. If you go in and you care to, which I don't know why you would, Ask to see the vial. If it doesn't say spike facts, say no. Because that is the one that is approved. Oh, by the way, you should say no either way, let's be clear. But if you're going to do it, make sure you find out which one it is and then document that they're still using the emergency authorized, which they clearly are in every other frame, every other context, this one too. Moderna COVID-19 vaccine remains under available under emergency authorization. There's no way that makes sense, guys, that you would keep using these other than the fact that they're on the hook contract-wise with Pfizer, which they are. They have to use them. Don't forget that. Those are the secret contracts, the secret contracts that got revealed. That's So in, in a normal sense, you would be, oh, approved. Let's get all that other stuff out of the way and use the one that we're claiming is safe and effective. Not in clown world, though. And then it says, as a th- so they can, up there, it's emergency authorized, still, as a two-dose primary series, only for 18 and older. Also, as a third primary dose for 18 and older, none of that, this is all emergency stuff they're saying still. And people determined to have immunocompromised issues, which, by the way, their own data right now says we don't know if that's safe, but who cares? And as a single booster dose for 18 and older. It also is authorized for, guess what? Mix and match. The most unscientific thing of this entire discussion. Nobody cares. Right now, experts are going like, guys, that is the that is guessing your way out of a problem. Anyway, it doesn't matter. They don't care. They're going to keep using it under emergency authorization. That is what they're saying. 
Then it goes on to say the approval of spike backs is based on the FDA's evaluation and analysis of follow-up safety and effectiveness data from the ongoing randomized placebo-controlled blinded controlled clinical trial that supported the December 2020 emergency use authorization vaccine information. They just told you that they're still using the data from the very first trial and then admitted to you that that's still going. Remember when that was fake news too? You too, you guys are so dumb. You can't even read paperwork. That's only where they said that's how long they would have it for. They just finished early. Don't you love these ridiculous narratives that got spun by people trying to make sense of this when they didn't want to listen to you and how, how every one of them has turned out to be true, but what you were saying, and they still think you're crazy. I mean, it just, it's unbelievable. Ongoing trial that this is to this, this was posted today. This is today. And they're right now telling you that the trial from December 2020 that they used to say it's emergency authorized wasn't even finished. They're still going. So how in the world would you pretend you knew it was safe and effective? Let's be clear that that's not such case today. Guys, we're not children. They're telling you without between the lines and their political ambiguity that they knew it wasn't because they didn't even finish the damn trial. And it's still ongoing and yet it's approved. Good times. It's just so unbelievable. And it says that supported the vaccine information post EUA experience to further inform safety and effectiveness. So if you knew it was safe and effective then, which is what you told us, how would you further inform it? Like the way they massage these terms to make it sound like we already knew, we just know better now. But it's the same thing. Both safe and effective, both interchangeable. But that one, we, but now we know more. Okay. Let's just pretend that doesn't, it's just so funny. If you cared, if you scratch the surface, it's so clear that that they're different, right? If you know more then by definition, it's different than it was, but oh, the same thing, same thing, same, safe and effective. These data demonstrated that spike backs was 93% effective. They said, you know why they can say that? Because they're still pointing back at the original strain in comparison to the original issues. This is very obvious. Right, the most current data about this with Delta or Omicron puts it way below that, and that's even relative risk reduction. 93 is what they're pointing back to. Can you take a beat and recognize how dishonest it is of the FDA and Moderna to use information from a time that this isn't even relevant to what's happening today to say, Look, look at how good it works back then, therefore approved for something that's not happening as we rush out our next version. This is simply a political move to say it's approved while continuing to push the emergency version that it's not working either. The vaccine, they say, was also 98% effective against preventing disease. Oh, but that was the only point recognized. This says they're arguing still, even right now, that this demonstrates 93% effectiveness in preventing transmission while they're admitting it doesn't stop transmission. I mean, you almost can't, you can't make this stuff up. This is ridiculous but then say 98% relative in preventing severe disease to make sure we're clear that that is talking about transmission while they admit it's not even remotely happening because they can just, and mean understand that even before the 93, they pointed back Delta before it still wasn't stopping transmission. And that's also coming out. We showed you the Israeli doctor saying that we showed you the other experts saying that the NHS doctor saying that they all know it. That's why this is all falling apart. And they are desperate to hold on to the crumbs they still have so they can push it back in the next time they scare you when you get comfortable again. But that's why we can't stop. We need to tear this to the ground and show them that they lied about everything and then hopefully get people arrested because they broke the law. 
The FDA safety analysis of spike vax included approximately 15,184 vaccine recipients and 15,062 placebo recipients 18 years and older. More than half of these participants were followed for safety outcomes for at least four months. Wow. Now recognize that same interesting time frame, at least four. So that puts them in that interesting time frame where, and remember, in the beginning, like any one of these trials, within the first 14 days, they don't include those. So all those, when, when, and remember, that's 50% of the deaths. So anybody that has something that happens in 14 days, when these trials, they kick them down and say, well, that could have been from before, so we're not going to count it. Because they already established that 14-day period doesn't count, which is not scientific. It means nothing. Then they say only until four months. So you could argue that that's also subjective in a way that they manipulate this and push it out to a point to where right afterward is when all the problems start to begin, which is what we continue to see. Either way, it says the FDA conducted a rigorous evaluation of the post-authorization safety surveillance data, which means looking at you in the world after you get sick, pertaining to myocarditis and and pericarditis following vaccination with the injection and has determined the data demonstrate increased risks particularly within the seven days of following the second dose. But we just approved it though. The observed risk, highest in males, 18 to 24, which is they're finally even kind of honest, their observed highest risk was in this group. But the risk, which was very clearly escalated in a severe way, was most people, 18 to like 64. But it says most individuals have had resolution of symptoms. Don't forget, though, even mild cases of myocarditis increase potentially your risk of mortality by 25 to 56% over 10 years. That was a peer-reviewed study. So even those ones that resolved are in a bad way. There is nothing, there's no such thing as a non-serious heart problem. However, it says some individuals in the study information they're pointing to that just got used to approve this were required intensive care support. That's that's not being mentioned by the media. Isn't that interesting? Information is not yet available about the long-term health issues of taking this. Look at that. So you just approve, not emergency authorized, approve something when you don't even know the long-term health outcomes. Guys, if you ever thought the FDA was broken, you, I don't know what else you need to see. If you don't know the long-term outcomes, that's not approved. That's how it's always been. And that's why you study it for two years. But not this time. We changed everything in clown world. Now it says that, and this is the spike vax prescribing information includes warnings about these risks. Oh, so they just write it on the box and don't tell anybody. Therefore, we pretend it's informed consent. The FDA has determined that benefits of the vaccine outweigh the risks of myocarditis and pericarditis in individuals 18 or older. Okay. By definition, that should not be approved, in my opinion. If you are simply only saying the benefits of what we know outweigh the risks of what we know, because that's what they're saying. That's emergency authorized territory. You're supposed to know it's safe and very clearly prove that the risks aren't there to prove something. Amazing how much has changed. And it's approved, they say. Even though they did that, they're still giving emergency authorized injections to kids right now and everybody else. Oh, and don't forget the very one that we're pointing to right now that's 36, maybe. I, keep, I love showing this continually. Albert Borla, CEO of Pfizer, told you it was 100% effective at stopping transmission back in April 2021. Amazing how that's aged, right? That sure didn't age well. 
as everything fell apart after months, and they keep touting these information, they're lying to you. It's just that obvious. And as Rich People Weekly points out, Aaron Siri first points out, today the US in, uh, the FDA approved Moderna's spike vax. And he points out, spike vax meets the FDA's rigorous standards for safety. The data used for analysis were occurred before Omicron variant emerged. Exactly. That's my point. They're grabbing data from before this and saying, look how great it works, knowing that it's not working right now when they just told you it's 99% of what's happening. How do you possibly make sense of that unless the FDA is a captured agency? Now, what he says, and this is an interesting point, that the, so they name it after the most dangerous part of the, of the whole problem, the spike protein? That is quite interesting, isn't it? He says that's almost like putting masks on everybody while blasting a slogan of I can't breathe. That is an interesting thing, timing, isn't it? Remember with I can't breathe with George Floyd and all of a sudden it immediately turned into people being masked in the same. It's interesting. This could be coincidence, but it's interesting. Everywhere and then also forcing people into vents, ventilators that don't need to be when they can't breathe. Right? It's interesting because words don't mean anything. I just It's interesting. Could, it could just be a coincidence, but interesting. Now this report. I've shown you many times, and I'm just going to show you those one, the two points again to reference what we're talking about. This is the original report in regard to the assessment of specifically what's now called spike backs, the, the Moderna injection. And you'll know this report because we've shown it many times. This one is under reproduction toxicity, has shown you, and I've shown you many times, they tell you the overall pregnancy index was numerically lower uh, with, with rats that got the spike backs. Almost 10% reduction in more infertility. They just argue it's below the range that they have to report. I don't know why that makes sense to anybody. It's right, plain as day. 10% reduction in overall pregnancy index for spike backs. Then, again, to the point that we're making, that that, which is spike backs, is mainly based on the initial Wuhan isolate, and that's what they get their data from. How does that make sense? Again, back to the reports from Fauci and from Dr. Cole. If you make something that based on the wrong antibodies, which that is, it's going to hurt you. Or it can. And even Fauci said that. And here we are. Approved. Go right ahead, guys. Why not? And we just talked about the fact that they're already jumping into Moderna's HIV mRNA platform. Same idea. They're just sprinting forward into this field. And on that note, as we're making all sorts of other mRNA things without any, while we're barely, like while we're seeing it doesn't work, here's the newest part, which apparently is magically in the future. <laughs> this was posted this morning, so I didn't even think it could have been on the other side of the world. It's weird that it's February 1st, but anyway, an mRNA vaccine in a pill, reports Cosmos. Not a joke. Researchers figure out a way to make mRNA that you can swallow, because that's what we're all asking for, right? Don't you love that? It totally is not about your DNA, <laughs> Which is funny, but all available mRNA vaccines are currently injection only. While there are plenty of logical reasons to inject vaccines, as they say, this can present a serious obstacle for people with phobias of needles, which again is my point. That's all they that's all they can do is pretend like, well, the only reason people logical aren't getting it is because they're scared of needles. That's not why. People that are scared of needles rush in to get this because you scared them with COVID, right? That's how that works. They're scared. People that are aware that there's very clear problems here have no concern. I mean, whether they're scared of needles or not, that's the last thing they're asking, but that's how they want to frame this. Well, let's just make it without needles and problem solved. Because the researchers who are based in MIT, which a lot of this seems to come from, had previous developed, previously developed a capsule that could place solid drugs in people's stomach lining. Interesting. 
Now they've been able to show that the same capsule could also deliver RNA and DNA. They've published their findings in, a, in the journal Matter. Now I'm probably going to focus on this in a more show, more focus this on a deeper show. It allows the capsule to write itself in the stomach and then settling into the stomach lining releases its drug. That's very interesting, especially how small this is and how this could be used other ways, right? The injection, the injectable vaccines, the mRNA is totally coded uh, in the inject, excuse me, in injectable vaccines, the mRNA is coded by, as we talked about, lipid nanoparticles, right? And their argument here, which I find very revealing. And also think about the, my point there is the fact that this is tiny and whether we're talking about this being inside of your mouth or something that you don't know about is what I'm talking about there, which we'll get to in a second. But it says the injectable, as we know, used lipid nanoparticles, which in my point is one of the obvious way, reasons this is hurting people because they increase that, that level and history. The, every example before this, the in, increasing of the lipid nanoparticles was why it hurt people. And they said, well, we, that's why they stopped it. The only, re the only reason they did it was because without that increase, they couldn't successfully deliver the mRNA instructions. So it was kind of a catch-22. We got stuck. But yet we got into COVID cloud world and suddenly they did that and mRNA worked and nobody addressed why the increase of lipid nanoparticles was not still dangerous. In fact, it very clearly is. And I've shown you the data to back that up. Even just general nanoparticles. And that's my point here. They know that. Nanoparticles, and I'm not, only, I'm not saying nanobots only, just any form of nanoparticle. Small nano-sized particles can be harmful for your body. That's what an NIH study found. Cancer causing all sorts of things, reproductive problems. But it says these researchers tried a slightly different method of coding using polymers called poly, uh, called, uh, called poly or beta amino east amino eaters easters. But what's interesting is it says, "quote What that allows us to do now is reduce the total amount of nanoparticles that we are administering." So also be clear. We're, they're still using nanoparticles. But why would that even be a goal to aim at reducing the amount of nanoparticles? So I thought we were totally safe and effective here. See, this is how you find the truth between the lines when they don't tell you things. Because well, first of all, you already knew this because the science and the data we've shown you backs up that nanoparticles are dangerous for your body. But there's only an, one explanation here. If their effort was to try to reduce nanoparticles, it's because those aren't good for you. That's very clear. And so this is a success because we're reducing the thing that's not good for you. Now it goes on to say the researchers have tested their capsules on the stomachs of pigs and mice, showing that they could deliver RNA in both cases. While injections work fine for COVID RNA vaccines, if you love that, well, they work fine. That's a ridiculous understatement. And you almost kind of sense in their language that the Everyone else is like, they're amazing and they're safe and effective and everything works great. And they're like, well, they work fine. <laughs> it's just telling. The researchers are interested to see if this oral method could provide an alternative. They're also keep keen to test the treatment for diseases that don't respond well to injections. Very revealing, though, isn't it? That we're just diving down this mRNA platform rabbit hole, even as we are clearly seeing that at the very least, it is not defined as safe and effective. I mean, very clearly experts disagree on this. And yet we're all, what that shows you is that this was always the path. This plan was decided 20 years ago. And I've shown you the documentation where they said that in 20 years, we're going to alter human evolution with nanotechnology. Paul Schwab repeats this over and over about how we're going to get there. And we're here now and he's pointing to where we are. This was decided. And now we're seeing that it's not even remotely fleshed out, but they're still going hard. And here is why this is concerning to me. They're pushing this aggressively. First, Eva Frey, points out that Quebec is now present, uh, is presenting legislation to authorize a health tax 
of almost $1,000 or up to almost 800 up to, un, to uninjected, depending on their revenue. So not only has the Supreme Leader decreed or desecrated our Constitution, he has also effectively put an end to universal health care in Quebec. Right? They're, they're pushing this now of all times. Before they, Why would they push to get you to get the thing they know is not working? There's something going on here, guys. And here's the point about that pill. We're talking about something, or whether we're talking smart dust or any number of other things we've already talked about, or deliverable injections or things like the different forms of nanotechnology that have already been shown to be able to deliver different kinds of biomedical applications. Right? We've talked about all this. This is a brand new one as of today or tomorrow, apparently, that's saying we're talking about using this in a pill that's so tiny that we can, it'll sit in your stomach lining. So now ask yourself, whether this is going to become relevant. And actually, while I grab this, let me, while I, before I play this, it's, I'm going to read it because it's, a, it's subtitles, but this one always becomes very relevant to this. Before I even get, let's, before I even show you that, let's get to this. So here, I've confirmed this is indeed what they're saying because I spoke to Denny Rancourt, who, who speaks French. And here, let me just, I'll read it to you first. So it says, if people were vaccinated, it is certain that we have much less risk, which that's, I don't see this, these people just talking points, right? I mean, there's no, is that so certain? I mean, all the data shows you everywhere. That's not, that's at least the same at this point, but it says the vaccine passport. Have you thought about in, in the fat, this is her saying this in the fast food chains that serve coffee, for example says there are many unvaccinated who go there or i guess i guess because unvaccinated people are gross and fat or whatever they want to try to insinuate right there and that's why they go to fast food i mean i don't even know why that makes sense but she says who go to fat who go to fast food chains apparently the unvaccinated i mean that, that i don't even know why that makes sense in fact it's predominantly the opposite of what i see but she goes yes the unvaccinated thank thank you for confirming your own point right but here's what she says Yes, it would it would force people to get vaccinated more. If it might force people to get vaccinated more, she's like quibbling about. So we already have a new idea. Oh, wait, I skipped it part. Hold on. Did I skip it? Hold on. Ça pourrait obliger les gens à se faire vacciner plus. Donc, on a déjà une nouvelle idée d'élargissement. Mais... Le vaccin, est-ce qu'il faut qu'il aille dans la peau? Ou See, oh, there it is. Does the vaccine need to penetrate the skin or can it be directly in the coffee? That's what she says. Just asking. <laughs> right. Now, my point is, I've confirmed that is indeed what they're saying. They are suggesting, and I say perhaps facetiously, yet nonetheless showing their mindset that we should secretly dose people's coffee with COVID injections, if it were possible. Now, yeah, I'm very aware that she was laughing and they're being kind of facetious, but let's not split hairs here. It's obvious that people are even floating the idea that we should force this on people, let alone not even discussing, secretly do it. And we know there's an endless amount of technology where that could be done. And then even though the, nor the people on this side of the argument pretend we're so crazy for pointing at like DARPA research from like a week ago or 20 years ago, that all says that they can do all sorts of things with injections and nanotechnology. They could do exactly that, but we're crazy because they don't want to look at it. But here's the most important point. Thinking about things like these pills and these nano pills that could, you know, whatever. 
As I've shown before, this was on August 28, 2018. Under bioethics, compulsory moral bioenhancement should be covert. The person is simply arguing. If moral bioenhancement ought to be compulsory, which is whether, first of all, we're talking about bioenhancement, so whether nanotechnology, implantables, whatever else. In this sense, we're talking about injections, but you see the, the overlap as they're already talking about different forms of injectables, even nano or Klaus Schwab. He says, if that's the case, well, then its administration ought to be covert rather than overt, meaning we should secretly do this to people. He says, this is to say that is morally, morally preferable for compulsory moral bioenhancement, which is an oxymoron, to be administered without the recipients knowing that they are receiving the enhancement. And he even goes on to say that doing so would in fact promote liberty and equality. <laughs> I mean, good God, whatever they can say to make sense of their broken logic, the idea here is that they would, do, and this is only one of many, they argue this should be done. Self-spreading vaccines has already been discussed by Johns Hopkins from 10 years ago, up until during COVID-19 about, and, they, and, I'm, and we're not talking about an animals. That's in previous discussion. The previous discussion of self-spreading vaccines, which is basically put on the, the, the hair of an animal, and then it spreads from animal to animal in the wild. That's where that first came from. But they've already proposed the idea to do it for humans. Bill and Gates Foundation, plenty of people. Johns Hopkins came out with a report during COVID that discussed how that could be the future of vaccines. And it even pointed out how that could, what, what, what does that do for informed consent? We don't know. But they seriously pushed it as something we should we should be building and working toward. And here we are. And yet you bring this up anywhere in mainstream and you're a ridiculous conspiracy theorist, but so too were cloth masks not working and everything else that's now real. Fluoride in the water was fake news until it very clearly was there to make your teeth better. But wait a minute, 10 seconds ago, it wasn't there. Then when you find out we're right, you go, but you're dumb because it's for your teeth. You see what I mean? Like it just jumps to the next narrative bad. Now here is what's actually happening in the world. As people like her jokingly suggest we should secretly do it, here's what's happening all around the world. This is in Joomla Jarkland. A police, the police are forcibly getting villagers to get the COVID injection. The administration is dealing strictly with those who are adverse to vaccination. They, the elderly refuse to take the injection, citing his illness, which should matter, but due to the old man not agreeing, he was forcefully given the injection. And that, guys, I'm, this is happening around the world and we're just not being told about it. So you can see the shot in her hand. Let me just be clear about this. This is no 
air in this conversation. This is COVID-19 context. He's being held down to get the shot for COVID. Now, I don't care what kind of analogy or argument you throw at that, whether he, the, his family wanted it or whatever. This is a man being against his will forced to take an experimental injection. Now, recognize that the governments around the world, like the United States, support these countries in administering these injections because they don't care to find out how they're doing it. They just go, yay, look at their percentage. They're doing a good job. And they're saying that as they force people to do it. So let's not pretend like your government isn't absolutely on board with this. And don't forget that people like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation have also been doing just like this all around the world. And we've proven that. The India discussion is disgusting. (laughs) And also take note that the people who are coughing around them are the ones who are doing this, right? The ones with masks on, as he doesn't seem to be sick. Isn't that great? There you go. Wow. It's really sad. For those in the podcast, I mean, the guy just got hold, held, held down. He got physically pushed against a wall and they injected in his arm. I, it's just unreal. I don't know why anybody thinks this is acceptable, but you know what? Your government's been supporting things like this all around the world for a long time, if you don't know that. It's just outside of our view. Now, also note, uh, and I apologize for the uh, the out-of-focus look of the video. It was sent to me, and I didn't have time to actually find the full version. Uh, but here is the... Uh, press briefing where they tell you something that's very relevant to what just happened in that country. The U.S. continues to lead the effort to help vaccinate the world. At President Biden's direction, we're donating 1.2 billion vaccine doses, the largest commitment in the world. That they are, right. Vaccinate the world. That's what you just looked at, right? That's what you just saw, right? This is what it looks like to vaccinate the world, right? That's what's happening. They're the ones pushing these around the world. And these are the people doing their bidding. Now, I don't, I, you, you can pretend that they're not knowing that part, this is a part of it. You can pretend that if you want, to be pretty naive of you. I also ask yourself why 1.9 billion shots is something that is your responsibility as an American. Let's not pretend that money doesn't come from anywhere else or comes from anywhere else. It comes from your pocket. Now, just like I said the other day, when you force charity, it's not charity, right? When you make it our responsibility to do so, then that's no longer charity, especially since there's a lot of profit being made by this that you don't get back. They're making money changing hands when they take your money, buy injections, give them to them, make money, give it to them. You don't get any money out of that. They're using your tax dollars to do it. On top of all of that, this is a dangerous thing that's being shot around the world, no pun intended, Based on an earlier strain that is not there anymore. Coronavirus strain, the original, I should say. I mean, it's it's baffling. Now, lastly, just to continue this, because I haven't been doing it for a while. I just walked by today and I saw this on the ground. Of course, it's a cloth mask, because let's not, let's be clear. 
everybody's still wearing cloth masks despite that. I mean, some of them must switch, but a lot of people don't have the access to these things. You can't buy any fives and masks from the store all the time, even though the ones from Walgreens are just as meaningless as this because they're just, they're, they're not, they're surgical and there's medical, right? Ones are used in a room for surgeons, which even then, if you actually ask them, will admit that it's only about stopping blood and spit. But one is the ones you just buy at the store. Now, the idea is the ones at the store and these, there's no regulation. There's no set way. You, one box is completely different than the other. They don't test whether they stop certain things. So ask yourself how they could possibly know that they all work the same way. They don't. That's why this is one of the most obvious psychological operations in history. That's why they just had to very embarrassingly admit that cloth masks don't work as they were yelling at people like me for being dangerous for saying exactly that for two years. That's how stupid this is. But keep sharing this. I don't, I'm not gonna, I don't know if I can retweet all of them, but as I was saying before, I'll try. Just anytime you see a mask on the ground, take a shot, give your comments, mask revolt. It's disgusting because if, if, if this is the biggest pandemic in a century, then that should be dangerous, shouldn't it? But they don't care. That's why the people are re-wearing them, hanging them on their wall, putting them in their pocket, in their car window. It's disgusting. It's very dangerous if it even remotely is what they're saying is going on. And in fact, it's dangerous anyway because it's unsanitary. Now, finally, totally off topic, just the last few things I want to show you. I don't know what in the world this is. And I just am so fascinated by this because apparently this is totally real. At the very least, real in the sense that people saw it in the sky. I don't know if this is something that's being superimposed in the sky, Project Bluebeam, whatever you want to talk about. But this is really strange to me, especially with what everything's going on. I, you know, space discussions and everything. Check this out. I don't know what this is. Someone's saying, can someone give me a 411 on exactly what this is? Check this out. Oh my God, what am I seeing? Like right there, it almost looks fake because it's all staying together. I mean, it kind of looks fake in general, to be quite honest. But that, but you know, it's moving, and you're gonna you'll see plenty of other versions of this. Kind of a hard video to fake right there behind the trees, I guess. But okay, so here here's the next one. Oh, and the, the argument in general is people are calling this space debris, which I guess like Elon Musk's team was saying that or something like that. But I don't think that's been been verified. Here's another. Whoa! I thought you were. What the heck is that? Dude, that's a, like a comet or something. Oh yeah, see, it's oh my gosh. same stuff, and it looks different. It's a comet. It's shooting stars, wow. Look, I've never seen shooting stars in my life. Never seen a shooting star in my life. I need you to text me your videos because it's better than the one I text. Shooting stars. That's amazing. That is strange. I mean, to be quite honest, that does to me look like something re-entering the atmosphere, right? It really does. But why? And why would that not be discussed? I mean, it's crazy to me. It really is crazy. Oh, there. Let's watch the end part. It looks a little different. In this? Yes. This is amazing. Andy, you're changing color. That's a massive asteroid. Or a comet or something. I don't know. Why wouldn't you be scared as hell? If that's a massive comet, you guys are in trouble. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not, though. There's so many of them. That's like once-in-a-lifetime. Look at that. Now it's breaking up. Huh. Very neat, right? At the very least, fascinating. Now, here's some others, which I find interesting. So this says, when it happened, they reported it as SpaceX junk in the news. That's what they claimed it was. SpaceX never confirmed that, is what they say anyway. But just, just strange in general. 
It also makes me wonder, like, what the hell's going on up there, too. Like, if this stuff can just, like, randomly fall, and, like, you realize that could have hurt somebody. Like, if it's that large, and, and we're letting Elon Musk just do his thing up there, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I see Teslas crashing every Thursday, and we're allowing this to just happen over our heads. I mean, geez, guys, I don't know what in the world's going on around these places. Crazy. You know, it's funny. It's almost like you hear that kid in the other video from like across the street <laughs> screaming about the. I think that is the kid. That's the same kid. <laughs> That's pretty funny. So this, somebody across the street was getting the same film. How funny is that? But here is. Oh, wait. Okay, good. I had this below it. So here's the, another one. Oh, it's the same one. Here's one during the day. So at very least, we're looking at different versions of this. Check this out. See, at the end, it's the same thing. That's What is that? So if it was SpaceX breaking up into the sky and coming into Earth, how does it happen at two different times, and one during the nighttime and one during the, in, in the day? Anyway, you can tell that I'm just interested by this. It's just crazy. Like, it's so alarming to see something. Look at that. What is that? That's nuts. Anyway, I mean, th- my point in showing you any of this kind of stuff is just how how little it seems that we know about what's going on. <laughs> you know what I mean? At the end of the day, anything could be happening up there or right around the corner in the Pentagon, in the White House, and we would have no idea because the mainstream corporate media does not tell you anything other than they're told to report to you. So who knows what's going on, right? And that's quite scary to think about, especially in a biosecurity state, you know? But we're changing things. You're changing things. You're standing up for yourselves and you're not letting it go. That's where we need to be. I mean, we need to put our feet down, dig our feet in, stay the course and make sure that we expose what's happening here. And maybe we go further and find out whatever else is going on or maybe nothing. Maybe this is all it is and it's a couple of bad apples. And I, I don't believe that. But the only way we're going to find out is if we keep going. If we allow this to relax back into normal, it'll become normal. And it'll only be a couple more narratives away until. You're right back in the spin. So thank you for being here and continuing to fight. Inspires me every day. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. Akin to and largely responsible for the sweeping changes in our industrial military posture has been the technological revolution during recent decades. In this revolution, research has become central. It also becomes more formalized, complex, and costly. A steadily increasing share is conducted for, by, or at the direction of the federal government. Today, the solitary inventor, tinkering in his shop, has been overshadowed by task forces of scientists in laboratories and testing fields. In the same fashion, the free university, historically the fountainhead of free ideas and scientific discovery, has experienced a revolution in the conduct of research, partly because of the huge costs involved, a government contract becomes virtually a substitute for intellectual curiosity. For every old blackboard, there are now hundreds of new electronic computers. 
the prospect of domination of the nation's scholars by federal employment, project allocations, and the power of money is ever present and is gravely to be regarded. Yet in holding scientific research and discovery in respect, as we should, we must also be alert to the equal and opposite danger that public policy could itself become the captive of a scientific, technological elite.